for Elvis Grows Online! Elvis Grows Online! Yeah! The Quest Gaming Network presents Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Hi everybody, this is Joe the Widget Wilson. I am coming to you guys with episode number 61. We had so much content from the PAX Eats weekend that we decided to make it an official episode. This episode is going to be quite long, uh, nearing three hours. I hope you guys enjoy it. There's a whole lot of content. We're going to start off, uh, but first before I speak again, I want to say that it was an honor and a pleasure to be able to meet Dave Adams and Louis Alon in person. And to hang out with the four of us, PAX East was doomed. When the four of us arrived, it was over. They are phenomenal people in person as they are on the air. Love the guys. And again, it was an it was a pleasure to um, meet them in person and to hang out with them all day long. So we're going to start out with what Ivarwin and Lou recorded on Saturday. They got there a day earlier than me and Dave. And walked around the floor, had some interviews with some fans, talked to Paul Sage, and had a little bit of goodies. And they even went to the um, ESO event, the beer garden thing, which I'm still jealous about. So we're going to get into that right now, and then we're going to get into, after that, we're going to go into what we recorded at the hotel room with all four of us in person. The audio is kind of off, because um, we recorded in a hotel room with a laptop that wasn't tuned correctly, so... The audio is kind of weird, but it's very it's very usable and it's very listenable. So after that, we also during that point we have some great interviews with Nick Conkle, Paul Sage, and Brian Wheeler. So stay tuned for those guys, and I'm going to get into those right now. So Lou and I are uh, over here at the, uh, the, the Bethesda store um, inside Paxi's. The store.bethsoft.com is the, uh, the website that they're they're selling all of this uh, apparel. Um, you know, Lou, what, what do we got over here? What are you looking at? Oh, we're looking at a great variety of things. We're looking at the exclusive T-shirts, some fashion T-shirts, and the lithographs that you see displayed on the ElderScrollsOnline.com website. Amazing, amazing art here. Uh, you have Queen A. Ren. 
All right, Hi King Emmerich and uh, Joe Room, Skull King. Okay, they're nice. all in there. They're all in there. They're looking pretty snazzy. Yep. We got uh, we got a three pack here uh, of all the lithograph lithographs. Three pack is uh, seventy five dollars. Uh, each additional one is like thirty. Uh, hoodies are sixty dollars. Tees are are twenty. Um, you know, what, let's let's go over here and see. If we can just you know ask a, a question or two to to one of these uh, one of these girls. So, excuse me. Can I, can I just ask you a quick question? Do you mind? Sure. Is that okay? Um, um, I, can I yeah, no problem. You can do it while you're doing the transaction. <laughs> while I put myself in. Has uh, the people that come here are they like super excited? So I did not hear. Also, uh, the people that come first of all, what's your first name? Alex. Alex, nice to meet you, Alex. Nice to meet you. I'm, I'm uh, Evarwin from Elder Scrolls Off the Record, a podcast cool. about the Elder Scrolls. Very good. This is uh, Lewis. Hi, Lewis. Nice to meet you. So, Alex, um, I imagine a lot of the people that are coming here are really excited about, about Elder Scrolls Online. <laughs> yes. How's, how's the uh, how's the reaction been? It's been incredible. It's been fun watching people in line. People are buying stuff from the line. We're running back and forth. It's, it's a, it, there's so much energy. It's really great. Cool. Are, are people like saying stuff to you as they're buying? Like, I gotta have this particular person, or they're, I can't wait for the game. Everyone wants to buy all of the limited edition stuff, the lithos, the t-shirts. Like we we've been restocking so quickly that my hands are raw. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. How much? Uh, actually, I think I'll think I'll get uh, one of those as well. Three packs. <laughs> you should probably do that before that they're gone. Really? We're running low on stuff already. People are so excited. What are you running low on right now? Almost everything? Not not yet. Not yet. Not yet. What's uh, what's the, the, the most requested? The Vault 101 hoodies are the ones that people are really excited about. Yeah, those are pretty awesome. They're pretty, pretty cool, but especially the faction tees that we made just for packs for Elder Scrolls Online. Yeah. Those are those are the big sellers. People are really excited to get their hands on those because they'll, they'll only exist here at Vax. Yeah. They'll never be online. We're not going to make it again. So oh, wow. It's kind of a fun thing for us to do, as well as the lithographs. Those are pass exclusive. Okay, and the lithographs are, are packs exclusive. Yes, and it's a three-pack for Seventy-five and they're thirty dollars each. That's like a that's like a steal. <laughs> it's a good that's good a price really for really nice, nice num- numbered limited edition lithographs. Oh so. my god! All right, um, what's what's the most requested item you'd say? The Ebonheart faction tee. Ebonheart yeah. faction tee. Yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> think about that, Lou. Uh. <laughs> I'm, right. I'm just telling you. Thanks so much, Alex. Thank you. It. Have a great day. You too. So, so we're online right now, uh, just checking out the line, and uh, the the line wraps uh, quite quite a while over here, and it's going from like you know one the escalators all the way around the wall, and then up to the booth. Which, um, that, Lou, how how long did they say that that would be about? Well, they said roughly about two hours uh, as of now, so it's a little bit maybe after one, it's about a two hour wait at the point we were at, just to check. Um, but it was longer this morning, but as things pick up later on during the afternoon, they probably expect to go back to maybe three hour, maybe perhaps even four hour wait. Right. Okay. So let's, let's actually grab a couple of these people and then let's, uh, let's see if they want to talk to us a little bit about, about how long, uh, they've been online. So let's, uh, let's go up to the, closer to the front of the line here to see how long these people have been waiting. All right. Let's grab this kid over here. Hey, what's up? How you doing? Um, I'm Varwin from Elvis Rolls off the record. This is Lou. Uh, do a quick interview on how long you've waited online and stuff. Sure. Okay. All right. What's your name? Dylan Vanessa. Dylan. All right, Dylan. So, how long you've been waiting on ESO here? How long I've been waiting? Yeah. Uh, I think it's been about an hour and a half. About an hour and a half. Yeah. 
Good. All right, cool. You excited for uh, ESO, right? Very excited. Cool. What um, What are your impressions of the game so far? Um, looks like that was Scrolls experience, but with other people, which is what we've been asking for for a long time. Cool. How, you a big Elder Scrolls fan? Uh, yeah. Who isn't? Okay. How long you been playing this uh, the, the series? Uh, I started with Morrowind. I've been playing ever since. Oh wow. How, how old are you? I'm 20. I was gonna say you look real young. So you started with Morrowind about how long ago? Excuse me. How long ago did you start Morrowind? Uh, my cousin showed it to me when I was young. I watched him play it mostly. I was five, ten. Oh wow. Cool. So you've been hooked on Elder Scrolls ever since. Yeah, it's great. How did you feel when they made the announcement about about uh, ESO? Uh, I wasn't too surprised. Uh, seems like a natural way to go with the series, and people have been asking for multiplayer, Elder Scrolls, and that's what we got. All right. Are you, uh, do you check out the forum posts and all that? Are you into the community? Uh, the Elder Scrolls community? Not so much. What, uh, did, uh, there's been a lot of, uh, like, mixed discussion on, on, like, different forum boards and all that. So, uh, a lot of people were excited when ESO was first announced. Some others were not excited. What, what did you, how did you feel when this was announced? Uh, I know a lot of people were upset, but I'm uh, I'm excited. I think it looks fun, and I think it looks different than your usual MMO. Looks like it has a lot of Elder Scrolls elements. Cool. Um, did you check out some of the latest videos recently? I have. You have. Okay. So, what makes you think that this is um, an Elder Scrolls MMO? What gives you that impression? Uh, like their use of like limited HUD. Uh, there's not like a lot like MMOs. Uh, you know, you got your mini map taking up half the screen. At your action, your skills at the bottom. They, it seems like they went really limited with that to give you like an immersion. And then I uh, believe they said they were adding in a first-person view to make that. So that's classic Elder Scrolls. Cool. Okay. What uh, what should be your first faction? Uh, I'm not too. I'm not. I'm not too sure about the factions. Okay. Do you know what you want to play? Like what class? Uh, I, usually, I like to go uh, probably. Uh, wheel. I like uh, cool. You like the the sneaky type of yes. Great. All right, Don. Thanks for your. No really appreciate it. No Take care. All right. It's uh. I think it went well. Yeah, it went well too. Yeah, Don seems excited. Yeah, he does. He does. All right. Um, let's see if we can go further up on the line here, and uh, you know, see if we can direct perhaps some more some more questions. Um. Okay. Here we go. Hey, how you doing, Miss? Sorry, I didn't mean to start you. <laughs> Um, I'm Evarwin from Elder Scrolls Off the Records, a podcast about Elder Scrolls. Uh, this is Lou. He's our lore master. You want to answer a couple of questions about Elder Scrolls Online? I actually have lost my voice, so I'm probably not the best person to talk because it keeps going out. Well, you sound great right now. <laughs> it's going to go in a few minutes. <laughs> All right. I would pick somebody else. Sure. Okay. How about one question? How long have you been waiting online? Um, probably an hour, an hour and a half. An hour, an hour. You excited about ESO? Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. And what faction are you going to roll? I don't know. Either. Don't know yet. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. <laughs> Poor girl, she's sick. <laughs> All right. Watch out. All right. Let's. Uh, let's. Okay. Excuse me, sir. How you doing? Um, I'm Evarwin uh, from Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Okay. This is uh, Lou. He's he's from the podcast as well. We wanted to ask you a couple of questions as a fan of uh, Elder Scrolls Online. Yeah. That cool? Yeah. It was fine. Cool. All right. What's your first name? Bailey. Bailey. All right, Bailey. How long have you been waiting online? Hmm? How long have you been waiting online? Uh, 
hour and 30. Hour and 30 minutes? Yeah. It's not bad. It was a five-hour wait yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Crazy, right? Were you here yesterday? Yes, I was. I have a three-day pass. Oh, look at you. Nice. Three-day pass guy. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, how long have you been waiting for ESO? Are you excited about it? Um, yeah. I mean, ever since I heard the announcement, I've been excited. I played Morrowind up to Skyrim, so I'm pretty excited about it. Great. Have you seen the latest um, videos and screenshots from last week and all that? Yes, I have, yeah. How did you feel when they said first person's in the game? I was kind of relieved because, I mean, it wouldn't be too bad if we go back to third person back in Morrowind, but it's it's good that, you know, with the new people that got into Elder Scrolls, Oblivion, and Skyrim, that they have the first person, so right. it's good for them. Now, now, when you play an Elder Scrolls game, you personally, are you in first person the whole time, or are you in third person the whole time, or do you switch back and forth? I switch back and forth. depends on the situation. So. Yeah, I, I hear you. I do the same thing. Um, how do you play? Do you play on PC, PS3, uh, uh, PC? PC? Yeah. you like mods? What's your favorite mod? Um, I don't mod too much, actually. I, I mean, I mod, like, graphic-wise, but I don't know. I just play through the main story and do all the side quests, and then, and then like, I just... Cool. All right. Um, what faction are you gonna roll? It's a tough choice, but... Big question, right? Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> decisions, decisions. Do you know at least what class you want to go first? Probably an archer. Archer? Yeah. Sneaky. Something sneaky. Something sneaky? Yeah, because that, that, that's what I did in, El, in the, all the other Elder Scrolls, so got to go with the sneak, sneaky, sneaky thing. So. <laughs> gotcha. All right, Bailey. Thank you very much for your, for your input. Take care. Okay. All right, so let's uh, let's see if we can go a little bit further back in the beginning of the line here, maybe where it's not so noisy. Um, so it, it, it looks like these guys have been waiting online for like an hour and a half. Right, roughly two hours, so it's not too bad. Right. Okay. Um, getting a little uh, a little crowded around here. All right, let's let's see if we can ask uh, this gentleman right here. Hey, how are you? How are you today? Very good. I'm Navar uh, from Elder Scrolls Off the Record. This is Lou. Hi, Lou. Wayne. We're from, uh, we're from a podcast. What's your name? Wayne. Wayne. All right, Wayne. And, and you, sir, you're his friend? Sean. Sean, how you doing, guys? Um, do you mind if we uh, ask a couple of questions about Elder Scrolls Online? Um, you're both Elder Scrolls fans, right? Yes, I am. Yeah, okay. Um, how did you feel when they first announced the uh, the uh, the MMO? I'm very excited about that. I, li- I like the uh, RPG, but I much prefer an online environment where you have other people running around out there with you. Have you been uh, following the uh, the progress of the game? I have not, unfortunately. I, I saw it was going to be here, and so it's the first time I'm going to see it. Okay. How long have you been waiting online? Uh, about an hour and a half now. About an hour, an hour and a half. Not bad. Hardcore. Um, okay, so when you play Elder Scrolls games, what do you normally go as? I uh, usually try to go as a melee, or, yeah, a melee most of the time. Okay. All right, what about you? Same thing. I like the warrior, just, you know, chop things up. <laughs> awesome. Sounds good. Um, I, did you hear that they, they've confirmed that uh, first person is going to be in the game? I'm sorry, I missed that question. They said uh, they're going. They confirmed that uh, first person is going to be in the game. What do, do I like? Yeah, I'm excited for that too. I, that's good. Awesome. <laughs> Very good. All right, thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Take care. All right. So I mean, it seems like you know everyone here is obviously they're obviously excited for uh, 
before the for the game. Um, but uh, you know, they, it looks like uh, the wait time has, has dropped down quite a bit. Yes, it has. Yeah, which is good. Which is very good. You know, uh, at least these guys are going to be able to get into the game and uh, and enjoy. Right, and with the game time they've been getting, like, I believe, twenty minutes is what they said. I think twenty minutes is all they're going to need to actually convince a lot of these players who are either maybe you know they're on the fence waiting for that one moment to actually realize, you know what, it's something worth investing in. And I think they're going to be, they're going to be very surprised. They're going to walk away happy like everyone else. That's right. All right. Uh, I guess that's going to be it for now. Okay, so uh, I'm here right now with uh, with Paul Sage, and uh, we saw him just kind of you know walk around. Paul, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Very good, very good. Um, now tomorrow you're going to be uh, around for interviews, right? Uh, I should be around tomorrow for interviews, sure. <laughs> very good, very cool. Because uh, we, we got a bunch of questions we want to ask you guys, but um, it's great to see you here. Uh, it was great to be here. Um, we we caught up with uh, Nick Conkle earlier, and uh, he uh, he said that the line yesterday was like five hours long. Uh, yeah, so it's been amazing. I mean, we're looking at the line right now, and uh, you can see that it goes all the way out, and I don't even know how long it's going to take them to get to play. Um, you know, I wish everyone could play. I hope everyone in line gets to play, so it's been amazing, the response. Yeah, we heard you got like 25 stations, um, 20 minutes apiece. Yeah, it's, I think it's actually 30 stations and 20 minutes apiece. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, good, good. Um, okay, so I just want to ask, uh, <laughs> what's... How's the playtest been going for you? Uh, I think the playtest has been going great. You know, I mean, I think it's a better question for the players. But, uh, right, of course. You know, uh, so for my side of things, I uh, got a lot of uh, good feedback, a lot of positive feedback from the fans. And, you know, it's it's cool. I mean, this is the first time we've been able to show it to, you know, people who aren't in the press or whatever or, you know, aren't in the community. And uh, it's just players coming in. They just want to play the game and see it. So it's been great. How's the, how's reaction been so far? Uh, from what I can tell, the reaction's been amazing. You, you know, people have been thrilled. Awesome. Has it has it met your personal expectations or exceeded it? Uh, <laughs> my personal expectations are always super high, so I'd say at this point it's uh, it's definitely met the expectations that I had, and this line has far exceeded the expectations. Very good. Um, has has uh, Matt Byers spoken to you off the side and like said, you know, this is really awesome, and I can't believe so many people are so excited, or he's like, oh, I thought people would be more excited. Uh, no, it's 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 been great. I think the team's absolutely thrilled. Great, awesome, glad to hear it. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll let you go. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow, and uh, th- I really appreciate it. Okay, so um, I'm walking around over here, and who do I see is Pete Hines, <laughs> uh, Vice President of Bethesda Software. Pete, it's great to see you. How are you? Great to see you. You having fun? I'm having a blast. You saw me over there. I was playing, you know, yeah. derping around over there. Um, so we, we spoke earlier today, um, and I hated myself for not whipping out the microphone then, so okay. <laughs> I saw you here. Um, let me ask you, how, how did the event go for you? Uh, I mean, it's been great. That, um you know, I, I think the reaction at the booth has been fantastic. We've had really long lines from the start of the show to the end of the show. Um, everybody seems to really be enjoying the game. Uh, 
we did the food truck on the first day on Friday, uh, handing out free food, Elder Scrolls themed food. We had big lines over there and big crowds. Um, and then this event here is, you know, just another way to reach out to the community and sort of have some fun and get together and have a beer and have some food and let them play the game. And so I, I think everybody's enjoyed um, all the stuff that we've done at PAX this year. It did. Um, now, when you were when you were at the booth, um, did you did you see gamers go in, play the game, and then leave? Uh, you know, most honestly, like I I sort of mill around a lot. I don't have a specific thing to do, so I like I didn't uh, I didn't get to talk to anybody as they were as they were leaving. Uh, I mostly just check in with the dev guys and see like, hey, what do folks think or what do folks think that kind of stuff. And so I sort of take it from them, kind of how. All right. Um, did what what were the dev guys telling you as far as like the reception of of the game because I know I know that when the game was first announced um, there was a lot of there was some pushback from from Elder Scrolls fans hardcore Elder Scrolls fans saying oh I can't believe we're doing the MMO thing and from a lot of things that we've heard a lot of those guys are now saying you know now that I got my fingers in the game at this event I'm totally sold on it and we're wondering like what have you heard from from the from the devs as far as this well and in fairness I don't think it was just the hardcore Elder Scrolls guys I think there there's quite a few MMO folks who said who wanted us to do something different and they kind of thought we were doing the same generic like take a franchise slap that label on a generic MMO push it out there I think now that folks are getting to play it and see what it is we're really doing and understanding it and look let's be honest the game and what we're able to talk about and show has evolved since we first talked about it so the combat system now looks and feels different than it than it did before now that folks understand the skill trees customizing a character how your Dragon Knight can be very different than my Dragon Knight and just the, the exploration-based content. I think once folks start to see that for themselves, um, I think it's been super positive. All the comments that they've been making to the devs is, you know, wow, this is this is just like playing Skyrim online or, you know, I'm having so much fun or I didn't even think about I was playing an MMO or all that kind of stuff. And that's really just what we wanted. We don't want you thinking about, like, um, what it is you're playing. We just want you lost in what it is you're doing. I got a ton of stuff to do. I'm just having a good time exploring around, doing whatever I want. Um, playing a certain type of character, you find a cool weapon. You change up your combat style now because you want to use a two-handed weapon. And before, you were using a sword and shield. And, like, you know, you can just kind of change who you are. You want to group up with somebody, and they've got a... You know, as somebody who's primarily focusing on using a staff, and that's what you're doing, but one of you has the ability to change your role and say, you know what, I'm going to do melee or I'm going to do something else. And so I, I think that kind of flexibility, and more than anything, it's very Elder Scrolls, but I think it is also refreshing for the MMO, MMO crowd as well, that they they want something that's different than, than other stuff out there. Oh, absolutely. As Personally, as a hardcore MMO player myself, um, I found myself and a lot of my other fellow gamers getting into this this cycle of a new game comes out, you know, we've been playing it for like three or four months and then we leave because it's, it's just the same old thing and it, it, it feels exactly the same way as the other MMO we just came from does. And I think that's the most exciting part about about ESO is that it, it doesn't feel like the same Elder it doesn't feel like the same MMO, it feels like an Elder Scrolls game. Um, that said, there was this thing that came out last week about um, I think it was uh, uh, Matt Fire who 
who said that rating is not not in the game. Um, I don't know if rating. Right. Now, there's a lot of the guys here have been talking, and they're saying that um, even though that uh, rating is not in the game, a similar experience may actually be be in that game. Is there anything that Bethesda can say about end game PVE content um, and what what gamers can expect at this point reasonably? Um, well, what I would say is that the the idea is that that we don't have a single solution for end game content that we're actually trying to focus on a variety of different options. So there's end game, end game content in the form of PvPvP. So you can focus on the aligned stuff if you're into that. If you're into single player stuff and you just want to do the single player, you know, there's lots of content for you there. That once you finish playing through an alliance and hit level 50, you can then roll over and go play a different alliance area as that same character. So you're not having to roll an alt. You can keep going, play a different area of the game. Um, it levels up, so it's a, it's a, a challenge for you at level 50, but you're getting to explore, and then you can go play the third alliance. You can also um, have, uh, we have a variety of different adventure zones that are designed so that if you want to play with others, you can go into public dungeon spaces or group up with a group of four and do that that kind of stuff. So we are looking at sort of, it, that there can't just be one solution for PvP, uh, for, for Endgame. It can't just be, well, we got PvP and that's good enough and that's what's going to keep you playing for six months, nine months. That so we have to have like, well, that's an option. If you're in the single player only, that's an option. If you want to play with your friends, we have more content there. And then there's all this stuff that, I mean, look, we're not talking about a lot, but we have we have very big plans to do regular, consistent, um, significant content uh, post-launch. And not just in the form of, well, here's more of the same, but in the form of, like, features rolling out online. Like, you know, we've talked about the Fighters Guild and the Mages Guild are the two guilds that we're focusing on for launch. You and I know that there's other guilds out there. You know, those can be part of content releases. So we we, we want to try and hit it in a lot of different ways by opening opening up new experiences. Maybe you roll an alt, maybe you can play with the same character. But I, I think the best solution to endgame content is not just one solution, but offering gamers a variety of choices so they can continue to play the game the way they want. Does that mean that, you know, bigger rate stuff uh, comes online post-launch? You know, I defer to Matt and his guys uh, on making the game. That's that's ultimately not not my call. You know, what, what I do is spend a lot of time playing the game and offering them feedback, and that's the kind of stuff that we're starting to get now in beta, which is what's fun, where are you getting stuck, how do we need to change things, are you finding new new loot uh, fast enough, uh, all of those kinds of things. Um, so we got a lot of beta testing to do and a lot of more uh, a lot more kinks to work out of the system to make sure the game is really polished and, and ready. Have have you played Adventure Zones? Have I played Adventure Zones? Adventure Zones. No. Do you, what, do you know the difference between the Adventure Zones and, and like, a four-man dungeon? Um, adv- think, think of an Adventure Zone like a, like a new area that's not available uh, at start that offers a variety of different of different content options. So an Adventure Zone is not some... Uh, it's just sort of like if you go to this area, there's a variety of different high-level content within this area for folks that, that opens up that wasn't previously available. So that might be an area that's got... Hey, here's another public dungeon that you can go in and find random people to. And here's another dungeon you can group up and go to. And here's some areas where you can go do high-level single-player content. That an Adventure Zone is more like a new area of content that is specifically targeted for high-end or end-game content. 
Oh, okay. So we're not necessarily talking about, you know, I hit level... I, we're not necessarily talking about I hit level 50, and now I'm going into the um, the enemy faction territory. We're not just talking about that. Right. So yeah. You can do that, but that's not the only thing you can do. But the idea is that the entire map of Tamriel is not explorable at, at launch. There's going to be sections of different provinces that are, aren't available. Those are sections that we can then open up and explore so that within each alliance there are new places to go within that alliance that you haven't been to before in addition to being able to go to other ones. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a, it makes a ton of sense because I, I'm starting to connect the knots a little bit now because I know a lot of... I, I remember something being said about Morrowind not being fully explorable. There's a couple of areas that are not going to be right. completely in there at launch. That's what we're talking about. Phenomenal. Okay. Um, great. <laughs> My mind's been blown right now. <laughs> Okay, so uh, what do you think of the game so far as as a player? Uh, I mean, I really enjoy it. Um, you know, I I, uh, I went up to do a beta test uh, two couple Fridays ago up in Hunt Valley and spent a few hours playing the game, and then got home and they were doing another one that night that was sort of for outside of work, like getting some folks in to play. And I jumped online again and spent my Friday night a couple hours, like jumped in playing the game. Like, I, it's just it's fun to play. It's fun to explore. You know the, the game that they're making and it's fun to see how it's evolved. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. It goes back to your point a while ago, which is the game that we were talking about a year ago has evolved. Um, it was always intended to evolve. I think it's evolved in ways that we had already thought about and some ways that we sort of changed some, some thinking on along the way, but it just continues to get better and better. And, you know, Todd Howard talks about this as it relates to his products, which are great games are played and not made. You can write stuff down on paper and think that it's going to work great and then you get in the game and you find out, yeah, it doesn't work at all. It's not fun at all. MMOs are the, you know, the extreme example of that. That you have to put it all in the game and play it and figure out what's fun and not fun and how much content is is out there to uh, to find and whether it's the right amount or whether it's too easy or too hard. You just got to iterate and iterate and iterate. I, I think that's the part we're in now and that's where it gets really exciting because you can feel it getting better and better. I, I, I would agree. I was just playing for a little bit. I played back in October and I like I said, I. I can see it getting better and better, um, especially with the videos. Come by to play tomorrow, right? You come by tomorrow as well. Yeah, tomorrow I'm going to play for you know for two hours. Uh, thank you, by the way. It was you know very nice of you to to allow me that. Um, and I can't wait to get in game. How does Pete Hines play? What, what's your what's your spec? What do you do? Um, you know, generally speaking, when I play RPGs, I play sort of my own version of Aragorn. So, <laughs> oh my so, god! Yeah. So like this is back I agree. From, like yeah. even like before the movie, just back in the book days. I play like the ranger guy, like so, you know, I dabble in alchemy, I like doing range, but then I like being able to switch to like, and then experimenting a little bit more in, um, in Skyrim, I, I did mostly sword and shield. Actually, I used a mace a ton in Skyrim, which I had never done uh, in an RPG before. But in uh, Elder Scrolls Online, sometimes I find myself doing the dual wielding thing with a couple of blades. Sometimes I use the um, sword and shield. But, you know, that, I, I'm pretty light on the magic stuff. Um, 
I do the Aragorn guy. I'm always the good guy. I always, I'm always helping people. I don't screw anybody over. And, um, yeah, so that, that's how I play. And, and usually, honestly, by myself because my schedule is such that like meeting up with folks, like, oh yes, I will be online at ten to group with you. Like that's just not my job or my life. So um, I tend to focus on like what it is that I want to do while I'm playing because you know those two hours are precious to me. I, I don't want to have to worry about well I was going to do this and nobody's online and now my plans are screwed. Like if I'm playing by myself, I know I'm always available when I'm available. So I, I tend to solo a lot, which is very Aragorn-esque, by the way. Indeed, it is. <laughs> here's here's some questions. Um, you know, I have a feeling you're you're probably not going to be able to answer, uh, but I, I want to ask. Are are there any plans of possibly of putting in an LFG system at launch? Uh, is there a possibility? Yeah, but again, like I defer to Matt and his guys. It's something they're looking at, but right now, um, a lot of the social stuff is rolling online and and needs more people in beta to really flesh that to flesh that stuff out in terms of how you're finding your friend, how the mega server handles all of that stuff. Um, so, uh, you know, more details to come. Sure. Okay. Pete, thank you so much. It's wonderful to, to have you on the show. Um, we would love to actually have you on the show at some point. I know you're a busy man, but the invitation is extended. Of course. Yeah. Be happy to. All right. Take care. Have fun again tomorrow. Uh, oh, I will. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, we just got inside. Uh, we got the VIP uh, treatment, apparently. Yes. Right? Okay, so we're inside the castle, and it looks exactly like a castle. They've got um, a, a uh, medieval band playing uh, wind instruments right now. Um, the whole place is arranged as if it were like a Jarl's Mead Hall, right? Yes, uh, arrayed with the tables... The various vendors selling their goods and the troop, musical troop in the back. <laughs> and we do actually have some 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 cosplayers oh, yeah. in role tonight. Uh, we do have a warrior in armor. We do have a legionnaire. We do. Yes, he just passed by us over there. <laughs> For the legion. That's right. For the empire. All right. Uh, let's let's see if we can. Uh, the the girl behind us. She's. Uh, I want to see part of it. Remember, Jessica did say that they do have some actors and actresses here playing the roles, you know, to help with the environment, to blend in and make it feel like an actual Elder type gala. Well, um, I'm definitely, I'm definitely into this. Let's, let's, uh, let's walk around over here. Let's see what we have in here. We got a cart here, and it uh, looks like they're, they're selling some, uh, some stuff. Okay, hold on. Let's see. How you doing? How you doing? Um, I'm Avarwin. This is Lou. We're from uh, Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Uh, it's a podcast. I don't know if you can hear me or not. Um, I can. Okay, very good. Sorry. Uh, so, what are you what are you selling here right now? This looks great. Now it's caramel popcorn. Uh, popcorn. Okay. All right. Looks it looks good. Uh, everything here costs uh, two coins. You said right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So so they have this thing where uh, uh, you you get like a bag of coins. She said right. Yes. Just we spoke with Jessica, mm-hmm. and she said you know you come in, uh, you get. Yeah, I think you get a bag of coins. Right, you get a big, big bag of coins, and then you can you can um, trade that in for uh, for food. Uh, it looks like they've got uh, you know the the mud drake uh, root curls here. 
which is uh, popped sweet corn for, for two coins. Uh, you come over to this other table here, and uh, they have, oh, elsewhere sweet meat. Mmm. Sweet meat. <laughs> Fire salt sausage. Uh, I'm trying to be good. All right, pavilion special, horker special, spriggan sausage. Um, gold co gold cost uh, meat bun as well. All these is uh, is two coins. Hold on a second. We got a. Looks like we got a. Looks like we got a, an Elder Scrolls fan right here. Hey, how are you? Uh, hey, nice to meet you. Hi, nice to meet you. I'm uh, Varwin from Elder Scrolls Off the Record. You're from uh, TESOF. Yeah, I'm from Tessop. Awesome. I'm, What's your name? Uh, Terminus Rex. Or not Terminus Rex. Terminus there. Ter Terminus there. Okay. So, so great to meet you. Uh, like, I uh, love your form. Very good. Thank you very much. Uh, what's your What's your next project? Uh, let's see. My next project is. Let's see. I was actually just talking about it online. Um, is an idea that was just released by. Uh, his name is Ewan, I believe, uh, on our site, who basically explained that uh, we, we should be able to play multiple classes because once we reach level 50, it doesn't really make sense that we shouldn't be able to switch to another class and train that up from level 1. And because there aren't really any negative effects of this, as long as you can combine the skills in each class, because you know, then you might have, say, in if you're a sorcerer and there's an ability to restore stamina, you could use that in combination with another ability and it could be abused. So that's going to be most likely my next project. Uh, otherwise, I'm not really sure. <laughs> well, it sounds, it sounds like quite the uh, sounds like quite the good one. Um, uh, Lou, what do you, you got anything on this? Well, no, I'm, I'm trying to get on right now. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I'm, I'm sort of getting the overload at the moment. Um, okay. The, the real question I want to ask you, Terminus, is: Are you going to go for the elsewhere sweet meat or the fire salt sausage? Ooh, that's an interesting question. I'm thinking about the elsewhere sweet. Me just because I am a fan of the Aldmeri Dominion. So you got, yeah, yeah uh, don't forget the Spriggan sausage down there, too. Mm. Yeah, I'll, I'll try everything. Why not? <laughs> Why not? I, I gotta tell you, it looks, it smells amazing, to be honest. Alright, it was good meeting you. Thank you very Take much. Take care, alright? So, so, uh, yeah. there you go. Coaching. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta get our coins. <laughs> alright, uh, more, more to come later. Stay tuned. Okay, so we're Lou and I are walking around. Uh, we realize there's a VIP area, and everyone's like, "Why are you not in there?" So we walk in there, and who do we see but Mark Taylor from Guild Umbra? Hey guys, what's going on? It's Mark Taylor, aka Lord Hammer from GuildUmbra.com, and the Tamriel Foundry guys as well. But uh, we also have Rafalak from Game Skinny, Andrew from Tamriel Foundry, Vizzle from Tamriel Foundry. Aaron from Tamriel Foundry. Tamriel Foundry in the house. <laughs> very good. So, okay, I first of all, um, thank you very much, everyone, for sort of like impromptu organizing this and just throwing this together. Um, I want to ask, in turn, um, if you got to play and what were your initial thoughts, and starting with Mark. Um, I played briefly today, and the build looks so much better than what we played back in October. The game looks smooth. The build we have does not have the hands in it, although I know that that's in the works, and it just got released, what, a couple days ago that's official. However, 
Um, the smoothness of everything uh, is just amazing. It does look better than Skyrim. And even for those people who are true MMO players who do over the shoulder, uh, you're going to be happy too. Very good. Um, okay, so, Andrew, we spoke earlier. I'm going to get your other guys first, and then we'll, we'll go ahead and, and get, uh, get you last. Um, Aaron. Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> Thank oh, you. Sorry. Byronic on Tamriel found. Oh, but we spoke. We spoke. You were on you were on the show with us. Did we? We're Blade. Blade. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> and you see, this is what happens when you actually meet people in real life at these conventions. <laughs> exactly. All right. So, so Blade. Good to meet you, too. Sorry. <laughs> um, all right. What did you think of your your uh, your pleasure? Uh, I thought it was great. I got two hours today, and I got right into the Templar. And, I mean... I, I've heard a lot of speculation on it. I got to play it for maybe 10 or 15 minutes on Friday. But getting into two hours, starting at the beginning, going from step one to step two, step three, I mean, it was great. I really liked it. Not much really else to say about that. How long have you been playing Elder Scrolls games? I have been playing since Oblivion. Okay. Um, did this feel like an MMO? Did it feel like an Elder Scrolls game? Did it feel like a mixture of both? I was actually, I am a huge MMO veteran. I've been playing over 10 years, and uh, having played since uh, since Oblivion, I have played some Morrowind, but not as much as I should. Um, I would say that if you're an MMO fan, you're going to love this game. If you're an Elder Scrolls fan, you're going to love this fa- this game. I mean, I had Conkle go through there with the different emotes that he had, and yeah, you're going to love it. It's awesome. Very good. Okay, and we have... Uh, this is Chandler uh, Fizzle from the Rubicon on Samuel Foundry. Okay, very good. And tell us about your play as well. All right. I have my two-hour playthrough is tomorrow, but from the limited playthrough I had at their booth, um, the game looks beautiful. Um, it's set on medium right now, and as you know, it's already been said, it looks better than Skyrim. So you can only imagine what it would look like on Ultra. Um, other than that, the Dragon Knight is the class that I played. It feels fantastic. Uh, it's a huge amount of interrupts and damage abilities that feel great. It's just a wonderful class to play. Awesome. Um, any any tips for someone who is not 100% sure if they want to get this game or not? They're, they've been playing MMOs for a while. They're, uh, they're familiar with Elder Scrolls, um, but they're, they're not 100% sure on, on this game. What would you say to a person like that? Well, if they've played Elder Scrolls games before, um, but if they're worried, per se, about it being an online game and they're worried about losing some of that single-player immersion that they have, um, I don't think they have to worry about that at all. It, it feels very smooth to play by yourself. Uh, it's a very, very Elder Scrolls game, but it has online elements. Okay, awesome. Great. Thank you very much. And we also have Rothalak from Game Skinny. Very good. And tell us about your playthrough. Um, I've never really been the biggest fan of Elder Scrolls. I have played them all. And the reason I don't quite like it is the combat style is kind of slow. But as soon as I sat down, I immediately noticed how it was very fluid, like many other MMOs now. Um, it's... It's just like any other Elder Scrolls game, but then with that fluid feel, um, I really, I really enjoyed it. As far as like MMOs are concerned, um, would you would you be able to compare it to another MMO, or would you be more akin or able to compare it to another Elder Scrolls game? And if so, which Elder Scrolls game do you think it follows most aligned with? 
Um, I, I guess I would go with Skyrim, the, the feel to it. Um, it. It is it is much it is different from other MMOs that I have played. That is great. Okay, and and Andrew. Yeah, how's it going? Great, great actually. Um, so tell us a little bit about your playthrough. Uh, so I haven't played quite as much. Uh, I've been mostly talking to devs, um, but it, yeah, it looks amazing, and I am just super excited about the character advancement systems. I can't wait to get in the game and start building up all kinds of different character builds using all the new skill lines they put in. It looks tremendous. Which, uh, which skill line were you involved in the most? So I played around with a Dragon Knight a little bit, uh, but honestly, I, I mostly scoped out all the different weapon lines, and I was particularly interested in some of the staff lines as well as what you can get if you go uh, the bow route. So I was checking out the the range range weaponry a bit. Great. Okay. Um, we're, we'll, I'm sure you know we'll have more later at a later date, especially with the Tamara Foundry guys. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us, especially Mark as well for uh, throwing everything together with everyone here. Uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys as the uh, the beer garden goes on. Okay, so um, sorry for the background audio, everyone. Um, we're in the uh, the beer garden still. Okay, uh, I, I met back up with Scotty D, and uh, he told me that he just had uh, 15 minutes of Elder Scrolls Online. It was awesome. Oh my god, it was so much fun. Um, I had I had to play Dragon Knight. I had to go with Joe's uh, recommendation on that. Oh, okay, hold on, stop right there. All right, so you did you did you play the Dragon Knight because Joe was like excited about it? And you played it. Because of that, I did. I wanted to see what what his hype was all about, and I, I gotta say, even without the spiky armor, it was awesome. That fire chain is ridiculous. Very cool, very cool. So, if Joe were here right now, what would you tell him about the Dragonite? I'll tell him he was absolutely right. Uh, I would say most definitely. Yeah. Awesome. So, okay, um, here, let's go through some some basic specs. Sure. Okay. Sure. Um, you, you said the Dragonite. Yep. Okay. What race? Uh, I played a uh, Red Guard. Red Guard. Okay. Very good. Uh, what what sort of combat style? Uh, I actually went sword and board, which I've never done before. Oh, very nice. What did you think of sword and board? Uh, it was a it was a pretty cool combination. Uh, the fact that you can block and bash um, with your shield was uh, to interrupt enemies' attacks was uh, it was it was really cool. Okay, so what level did you get him up to? I don't think I increased his level. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I don't think I got quite that far. I, I died a few times. The, the combat took a little bit of getting used to. Okay. Do you, um, do you happen to know where you started off? Like what area, what land? Uh, you start in Daggerfall City. Okay. Uh, and so um, I went to the outskirts of the city because I knew that's where the enemies and, and all the combat and stuff would be. Um, and I just I, I sort of wandered around. I picked up I picked up like three or four quests just walking around and talking to random NPCs. Um, but it was yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> what, what what MMOs are you playing right now, or have you played in the past? I I think I played a total of about eight hours of World of Warcraft, and that's about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but but again, you're you're a huge Elder Scrolls fan. I am. I, I do enjoy it a lot. Um, did, now now playing playing uh, playing Elder Scrolls Online. I mean, did it feel like Skyrim? Oh, it absolutely did. I mean, the hot ball take a little bit of getting used to, but I could absolutely see myself getting into this game, most definitely. Awesome. Um, when this game comes out, are, are you already sold? Oh, definitely. Really? Yeah, Phenomenal. absolutely. Wow. That, that, I mean, it's, awesome. 
if, 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 it's, if the price is reasonable, mm-hmm. absolutely. Awesome. Glad to hear it. Anything else you want to say about your about your game time? I don't think so. It's it's beautiful. I mean, the the computers are running these on are amazing rigs, and just the graphics are stunning for an MMO. It's crazy. Did you happen to ask the uh, the guys over there who are monitoring the uh, the, the, the gameplay what uh, what specs were in the computer? I didn't happen to, but I know that the revolts. I know that these are new revolt computers, and they are top of the line. Okay, so they, we're they're, definitely talking about some serious great gaming rigs. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, Aaron, did you did you get a chance to play? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So so what did you do? What did I what? What what did you what did you roll? Um, it was Red Guard also. Uh, Dragonite. Yeah. Same, Dragonite. Same as Scott. Was. Very cool. What uh, what what level did you get him up to? Uh, I don't I don't know if I loved it or not. I should have. I made it through like six different quest lines, but I didn't I didn't even think about leveling up. I just kept I just kept going on and going on and going on. Wow. I didn't even think about leveling up. I just kept going. You know, it was just it. I was like, okay, what's the next thing I can do? I didn't want to take time to stop. I just wanted to keep playing. <laughs> you're you're the you're the big. I mean, Lou, you you. <laughs> uh, now, Lou, you you played Elder Scrolls Online for uh, Elder Scrolls for a very long time as well, but I think Aaron may have you beat. Um, uh, you played Arena. I played Arena when it first came out, when it was created boot disc, loaded up through DOS. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. All right, so so Aaron, um, you you've definitely played Elder Elder Scrolls. Um, you know the second longest out of all of us. <laughs> Is this? Have you played MMOs? Oh yeah. Which which MMOs? <laughs> a lot of them. Is that all of them? <laughs> Checked um, that box. Wow. Uh, EverQuest. Uh, playing Marvel Heroes right now. Guild Wars Two. You know, you know when you jump in an MMO and it feels like an MMO. Yeah. Does this feel more like an MMO? Does it feel more like an Elder Scrolls game, or does it feel like a good hybrid between the two? It's a healthy mixture so far. I, I didn't have any communication. Like it was just off on my own. I didn't. I didn't look for Scott. It was like, okay, go. But like, uh, if we get on again, I'm gonna definitely find Scott, and we're gonna like hit it together. See, I think we are gonna get on again. What time is it? Awesome. No, really. <laughs> what did you uh, What did you spend your uh, your coins on? Food. <laughs> Yeah, I hear you. And game. And a game. What about you, Scott? Just about the same. Very good. You've been just walking around marveling at like everything that's going on. Yeah, tell me about it. It's, it's beautiful in here. The, uh, the stonework around this is absolutely gorgeous. The lighting is is just the perfect. You know, it's it's not too bright. It's not too dim. You know, the uh, the the iron uh, uh, the wrought iron work around us. The 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 oak looks uh, tables looks absolutely beautiful. I, I love this place. It's really nice. In a town, Skyrim. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it definitely. They did a beautiful job furnishing this place, making it feel like a town, in Skyrim. Yeah, it's great. Okay, the wenches need to be wenchier, though. <laughs> we need to wench up those wenches. Let's <laughs> <laughs> get them some armpit hair. <laughs> oh, not that much wenching. Not yeah. that. Oh. The wenches are not cushy. No, no. <laughs> oh God. All right. <laughs> That's probably an edit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Aaron, Scott, thank you so much thank again. You hey, thank, thank you for your support. You.
everybody. Welcome back to Ellis Scrolls Off the Record for episode 61, which we are already pre-named, is PAX East. Woot. Yes, we decided to make this an official episode because we have so much to go over with you guys. It's unreal. And don't and don't fret, you're getting another episode on Thursday, full yep. episode as normal, um, with a little bit more detail than what we're getting to tonight. I am Joe the Widget Wilson, and I am joined, as always, in person. In person this time. Yes. By Mr... Eve Arwen, and I didn't do my word. I didn't do the word. You didn't do the D word. What happened? You know what? And we should have. Well, we didn't get Shank on this episode. We apologize yeah. in advance, Shank. So, Eve Arwen, the man. Yes, Joe. Great to see you. Great to uh, be in close proximity, you know? Yeah. For, for, uh, for PAX East. PAX East was awesome. But, uh, chat room, thank you very much for, for joining us on this surprise impromptu live podcast. Yeah, straight from the hotel room. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. And joining us as always in person, the lore master himself, Louis Alon. Thank you, Joe. And as Brian just said, wow, it's great to actually do this show live with all of you, as opposed to live, and we're all seeing each other live pictures on Skype. Hey, what's up, guys? Hello, picture. Hello, picture. It's blinking. So now, let's see that when we did, when me and Barwin did the event in October, mm-hmm. it was funny as hell because I was laughing at his facial expressions and his <laughs> gestures as he was talking, and I'm like. <laughs> Wow, this is going to be interesting. And that voice over here, and I'm glad he's sitting next to me, so the first time ever, I can actually hit him. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. David D. Adams. Hey, everybody. Thanks for showing up so dang late. Uh, You know what? It'll be worth it. (laughs) Thanks, uh, Brenner. Can you finish out right now? Um, So, what we're going to do right now, guys, is we have three interviews that we're going to play for you. We're going to, a few interviews. I'm not going to give you an exact number because there's one that's kind of... Uh, anyway, we're going to play some interviews for you. It's going to probably be about 30 to 45 minutes worth of interviews-ish. I haven't done the editing yet, so I don't know for sure. Yeah. But it's a lot of information, um, including Paul Sage, Nick Conkle. Brian Wheeler. Brian Wheeler. So we've got yeah. a lot of good stuff for you guys. So stay tuned. We're going to play that for you right now. Hey guys, how are you? So uh, we've got everyone here from uh, from the show. Uh, Joe's here. What's up, everybody? And Dave. Hey, everybody. As well as myself, Lou. Hello. And we're not alone. We are joined by lead gameplay designer, Nick Conkle. Nick, it's great to have you. Uh, it's great to be here. Awesome. So uh, we wanted to grab you for just a couple of moments here and ask you some questions. All right. Um, so, so uh, Joe, what do you... Go ahead. Well, one of the big staples of any MMO is the whole crowd control system, CC. I noticed a couple stuns when I was when I was playing that were done to me. What kind of things are the players going to expect to encounter for their crowd control? Uh, are you talking about in PvP or generally uh, speaking? Generally speaking, PvP, PvE, it doesn't really matter which. All right, uh, yeah, so crowd control abilities, uh, you know, oftentimes we're talking about stuns or, or mezzes, long duration, short duration, knockback, so on and so forth. Um, yeah, you may have noticed that uh, a number of the abilities sort of focus on that, focus on the utility. Uh, you know, there's heals and then there's crowd controls and there's AoEs as opposed to pure damage. And the idea of the, you know, the Elder Scrolls combat is very much about using things in their correct situation, you know, tactic, tactical use, because you have this limited resource and firing the same stun three times in a row isn't necessarily going to be a good thing for a lot of reasons. Um, 
as far as what you have is a, from a player standpoint for you know, sort of an agency to counter that. Um, every player in the game, when they're stunned, mesmerized, whatever it is, they can tap, right click and left click at the same time. And it consumes a chunk of stamina and they break out. And then they're immune to all crowd control for seven seconds. Okay. So if you do that, if you find yourself getting CC'd, everyone, as long as you have stamina, can get out of it and make themselves immune and get away from that standpoint. So there's kind of a built-in counter available to you. But if you run yourself out of stamina because, hey, you used seven of your CCs in a row in the first place, right, you didn't plan for the battle appropriately, then you might get in a situation where someone can, can beat you with guard control, and that's kind of the tactics of it, at least in PvP. Right. So I'm assuming, like, in the four-player dungeons, you'll have different PvP scenarios you can use, or PvE abilities that you can use for players to strategize who to keep stunned and who to not. But one big thing is, is there going to be a type of uh, diminishing return system? Um, for PvE, for PvP, yeah, PvE. Um, for the most part, we don't have any sort of diminishing returns in PvE. Monsters, you can fire your ability on monsters, and what the limiting factor is is your resource. The crowd control abilities are really expensive. They cost big chunks of your bar, and they don't do a lot of damage. They do their utility, and most of the time when you're fighting in dungeons in our game, you're not fighting one big guy that can stun. Over, you can stun over and over. You're fighting like an army, and there's a whole group of you, and if you all just fire all your stuns, then, or all your crowd control, right off the get-go, you're all out of resource, and you haven't killed everyone. You need to manage, you need to figure out what is the what is the most important thing to use this on, and what is the right time to do it in, um, because the whole thing is based on this, this resource management game. Um, one thing that wasn't specifically defined, even though it was kind of hinted at, is... We, wonder, we actually spoke about this earlier today. We were wondering if there were specific abilities just for escaping a situation or just for dodging or parrying an attack in some way. Um, yeah, so, in fact, we've built that into the core mechanics of every class. Right? It is the case that everyone can block. doesn't matter what weapon type you're using, you can block. doesn't matter what uh, what class or what, what uh, armor type you have equipped, you can do a double tap for a roll dodge to dodge a projectile or get out of an area or anything along those lines. And same thing for breaking out of crowd control. Everyone can do that no matter what. Consume their stamina and get out of it. For the specific question of can I put something on my hotbar and then have that counter a specific scenario, yes, absolutely. So, for example, the uh, the ability in heavy armor that you can learn when you get when you master it is called uh, immovable, and that is that will make you immune to all snares, immune to all uh, stuns and knockbacks, and so on and so forth. And that can be used preemptively. Whereas the CC breaker, you have to actually be stunned and knock yourself out of it in advance. So, if you're willing to give up one of your valuable hotbar slots for, hey, I'm going to pop this and walk in first while everyone blows other stuns on me, run themselves out of resources, and then my guys roll in and take them out. Like this is where the tactics the game are sort of so critical. You can run yourself, these, these things are so expensive, you can get yourself in a situation if you don't use them smart. And we, we sometimes have people internally who it takes a while to, for them to grasp this and they'll write in their feedback initially I just used my stun over and over again because that's clearly what you would do and then I kept dying. And you're, and then meanwhile the other people are like, I just beat up on the people who use their stun all over and over again by blocking it and then I killed them. Right? And, and so you know, it's, it's, it's a little different than what people are expecting. You don't just use things when they come off cooldown or use your 
your most powerful move every opportunity you possibly can because everything shares this resource and you have to manage it. If you don't, you might you might get yourself screwed. That's awesome. I love the tactics that you, you've included there. Now you said on cooldown, um, we we heard that cooldowns were specifically removed from the game. That's true. True. Uh, the only exception I believe is uh, potions. Potions you can do every twenty seconds, but yeah, every single spell, every single ability, it all consumes either magic or stamina, and that's what limits it. That's what limits how often it can be used. Now, do you no, hold up, hold so hold on one second? Can you just say that one more time because I'm I'm squealing right now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the only thing that uses cooldowns in the game is potions. Everything else is free. Uh, I mean, I think the, the reason for this is pretty simple. I mean, one of, part of it is a cooldown by its nature creates a rotation. Um, because, you know, you just can't use it as often as other things. But I think more importantly, um, the way you message a cooldown is with, uh, you know, a timer on the bar, which immediately gets you looking at your UI and not at the world. Whereas if you're playing, if you know, you can always use any ability and you're waiting for the right situation. Then you're looking at the world, trying to figure out the moment to use it, which is totally key to our philosophy. Look at the world, not the UI. And that's true in the PvE, and it's true in the PvP, and it's true in the combat. And that's where that decision sort of came from initially. That's, that's cool. It's, it literally is sounding like PvE and PvE is becoming more and more blurred to the point where you're only going to have one gameplay style. That is, that is very much the intent. Is that, so that, that is actually the intention, is to have as much overlap on PvE and PvP. Certainly from the ability standpoint, I don't want to be like, hey, these are all the abilities that I use in PvE, and then you know I switch to PvP, and it's a completely different set. I mean, that's fun if you want to do it, but I don't want to be like, these abilities are useless and good only in the PvE scenario, and there's you know examples of that that are you know, obvious AoE taunts and so on and so forth that are good in one and useless in the other. Um, and, and, you know, we don't really make those sorts of abilities. We make abilities that are good in both scenarios, and they have the same mechanics in both scenarios. And monsters, whilst they don't behave exactly like players, uh, because that honestly wouldn't be very fun to fight against um, if, uh, if, we, if we had the cold, ruthless, efficient AI, you know, playing against people, right? Like, we, we built our monsters to, to teach you about the mechanics that players will use against you, so that you can learn, hey, block when this sort of thing comes up, when they're about to stun you, uh, you know, CC break if you get yourself in trouble. You learn the mechanics, and then you and you sort of use them in PvP, or at the end game of the PvE, they start rapid-firing those things where it gets to be really challenging, and you've got to sort of master, you've got to master the mechanics to, to take it to its full potential. Alright, I, I, uh, I got a real tough question for you. Okay. you. Ready for it? Yeah. Here it comes. Is there end-game rating in Elder Scrolls Online? Yeah, um, you know, I think there's been a, a lot of confusion about this one, in all honesty. So I'll tell you what um, our our actual group PVE cycle from, from start to finish is. Um, basically, there's a there's a many many dungeons in the game um, that are that are built intentionally for four people. Uh, and when a dungeon in our game isn't just we slap down some trash and the crew bosses and then you kill them, yay, got the loot next. Right? That's not that's not for us. Ours is is a story that you experience with the other people in your group. So in the same way that our our overworld has characters that you know, and, and allies that you can make as you sort of work your way through a dungeon, you're learning more and more about what happened here, what's how this plays into the overall larger world. And there are many dungeons like that that you will play for the entire 1 to 50 experience. Then, at level 50, all of those dungeons all unlock a second mode, 
where you have the second part of that story. And this is not just we slapped a 30% health modifier on everything, and it's harder. There are completely different monsters, completely different bosses, new cast of characters, a new story that finishes the story you started in the first place, and a new layout to the dungeon because different rooms are unlocked, cave-ins have occurred. Like, it's not the same dungeon. It's just the completion of the story. And that's the end game, is after you've gone through and played through this whole thing during your leveling experience with your friends, you can then find out what happened in all of those different scenarios. So that that's actually, that falls into the Adventure Zone category. Uh, so Adventure Zones is, is, is actually something different. It's something that's we've talked about it at, at various phases as, as a potential for, hey, what if we wanted to create really large-scale encounters in open world? And you may see more about that in the, in the coming, uh, you know, sort of, uh, okay. coming, coming months and, and so, years. But So then, all right, so then let me see if I got this straight. Um, 1 through 50, I go through a dungeon, I have a good time, I hit 50, I'm going back to those dungeons, and they're completely different, rescaled, modified, different monsters, tougher monsters, different layout. That, that is all true, and I definitely want to emphasize that, because I think there's a lot of confusion about this specifically, because people have a certain expectation about what I mean when I say there's a harder mode. They, they assume I mean it's exactly the same, but I multiplied the numbers, and it is not that. There's a whole new story, a whole new quest, and monsters are different, they do different mechanics. There is, It is a brand new dungeon. It's harder, much harder, and it's the completion of what you did in the first place. So, Am I taking more than uh, the same four people in there? It is, it is, it's It's still intended for four people. The whole thing is the experience of, of, a, of sort of a tight group of people, and you experience this story together. That's the idea of the, the, the PvE group gameplay. Gotcha. Nick, I know that you said it's all four-man right now. Do you guys have plans in the future to increase, like, a, a larger scale system, like eight, ten people? Well, certainly it's the case that in the dungeon experience of what I'm describing, it's, it's for four people. But obviously the PvP is for thousands. And we, of course, support large-scale, you know, grouping of players at that level. That's the intention, is people are working together in that way. Uh, now, if you're specifically asking about, hey, what about... I want to do a 40-man encounter versus this one boss or something along those lines. Um, I think that kind of comes down to um, whether that is something people people want in actuality when they play our game. And I think I think our dungeon gameplay will surprise you and how much fun it actually is, how tight of an experience that actually is. Um, you know, and I think you can sometimes get into that checkbox of like, do you have this thing? Do you have this thing? Do you have this thing? But what we have is a, is a really great PvE, you know, end game experience, and we want to see people like it. That said, once the game goes out the door. We are, it's no longer just our game, it's, it's ours and the, the players' games, and if that's what they say they want, we can go make that happen, and indeed, we've, we've, we've said the word adventure zones before, as what our tentative plan in that direction is, because we know that's one of the things players may want, but, you know, what they might want more, and, you know, PvP features, or they may want a new weapon type, like a spear, or whatever, so, um, you know, we'll, we'll definitely, you know, uh, once the game comes out, really take into consideration where people want it to grow, but it is certainly a philosophy of ours of no matter what style you played throughout your 1 to 50 experience, there's an end game for you that is much like that what you had before, and, uh, and you can continue to enjoy that, or maybe you can try one of the other types and you'll enjoy that too. We got a uh, comment on Twitter uh, about two days ago from someone saying, uh, to me, it sounds like uh, all of the end game gear is going to come directly out of crafting and not and not dungeons. What would you say to that person? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair enough um, point of confusion, and we always have to clear these up because, you know, as you announce things, people, people sort of, uh, you know, don't have all the details or all the information. So, uh, 
the, the way it works is basically you can craft some of the best gear, you know, from scratch in crafting, and you can upgrade gear that has been found in dungeons and, and so on, and, you know, in PvP and, and in the, the 50 plus and 50 plus plus content uh, with crafting. So crafting plays an essential role in the economy, but it isn't the case that at the end of the game all my gear would be crafted and enhanced by crafting. It would be, at the end of the game, I have maybe, you know, if I really maxed out every possible stat, I might have one or two pieces of crafted gear, I'd have some stuff I found from dungeons or from PvP, they'd all be enhanced, but maybe I enhanced my sword with the weapons within because I want to sharpened, or maybe I'll put a flame enchantment on it, or, you know, whatever. I might have a mix and match of things, you know, it's it's a little more organic than just this number needs to be higher, and, you know, this is the area where we get the highest number, right? It sort of ties into how our build system works as well. Sounds really fluid. Let me let me ask you this scenario. Um, two players, okay? One's a crafter, and level crafting makes breastplate of awesomeness with a fire enchant. Okay? Uh, the other player is, uh, you know, does uh, in-game dungeoneering, okay, mm-hmm. and uh, finds a a, uh, a breastplate of awesomeness, okay, with a fire enchant um, in in uh, in the dungeon. Okay, is is that? Would that be uh, a true scenario in the game? Nope. That scenario can't happen. Um, those those guys, the you know the, the the loot that you get from dungeons and the loot you get from from crafting is qualitatively different. Numerically speaking, it might be on par with one another, but they do different things. So you might only be able to get the breastplate of fire enchant from crafting, and from dungeons you get something completely different. You get the breastplate from the boss, and he had this one mechanic that he did, and it helps protect you against stuns. And that's not like it's it's the thing you learn from him, and it's unique to him, and it has its own value in a sort of a qualitative scenario. Um, but it isn't there is not one to one overlap between those two things, such that you would be like, all right, well this one does 15 fire damage, and this one does 16, so dungeons are better. They do different things. So, okay, so then theoretically speaking, the gear that we get out of dungeons is just as useful as the gear that we can craft. Yes, and also as useful as the gear that you get from PvP, and also as useful as the gear you get from doing the the 50 plus plus content. Um, You know, all of those paths all lead to gear that is extremely powerful in the end game. Okay. Yeah, we're going to switch this up a little bit. We have a lot of people asking about the bows and the range system. There's a lot of concern about that. One of the big things is is how you're going to target. Is it going to be like a first-person free-aim ability? And also, will the, an archer be able to either from the start or eventually get a zoom-in ability for long-range attacks? Is there a limit to the range? Um, so, a few different questions there. Yeah, Let's go through those. One at a time. Okay. Sorry. So... Uh, the, the basics of the targeting system, and you guys experience this today, is is one in which you must aim your arrow, or your bow in this case, at your target to successfully hit them. If you aim to the left and you shoot, you'll miss. There's a little area of forgiveness we give there because, um, you know, this is a latency scenario and we wanted to make sure that, that you're not overly penalized for having a slow connection. But nonetheless, you still have to be pretty good at aiming in order kind to... Kind of like a hitbox. Yeah, basically. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, that's, that's the core of the game. Aiming is important. Now, we have some tools on top of that to, to help people out. 
So if, for example, three people are all standing in exactly the same location and you want to hit a specific person, there's a tool that you can use, and this is largely for advanced players, but some people do it, where you can cycle to exactly the guy you want, and as long as you are aiming at him during that time, you will always hit him. No matter how many people are standing on top of him, you can ensure that you'll hit him. And that's kind of a tool that you can use to, to, to get that specific. Now, as you as you demonstrated to me, you can still miss when you do this. Yes, it, aiming is still important. If you look off to the right and fire, you're not just going to go hit that guy. Aiming is important, but you can at least pick out the guy that you really wanted to if you're in that co-location scenario. That's what we call it. There's all the people in the same place. or someone trying to intentionally block you. Uh, now, of course, what we've actually discovered in PvP is most people don't use that because when two or three people are in the same place, you just drop an AoE on them, and that's probably better anyway. But if you needed that tool, if you have a specific single target attack you want, then you can use that. Uh, as far as uh, tools for the bow users in addition to that, there's a couple. Uh, one, first, from the person who's assuming, there's an ability that you can unlock called Snipe um, that you get to a pretty long... Yeah, you get it's, 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 it's definitely further down in the tree, and it's uh, it's pretty long ways um, once, you, once you have to have a pretty high skill in bow. But that thing shoots a really long ways, um, and it takes a really long time to load up, and during that, you're sort of like... Right, and um, and it's not a, at all effective to use in any kind of short range. But if you can get yourself in the right position, high ground, you know, where they can't see you, you can definitely initiate on them really effectively. So that's kind of where you get that feeling of I can I can utilize my range with bow user, which is you know very much part of that fantasy. Uh, and then I guess the last tool that is um, available to those people we call padlocking. Um, which is, if I, again, am successfully aiming at someone, um, I can hold down this key, called the padlock, and then I will continue to track them as long as I continue to hold down that key, which is a little bit like, I guess, you know, locking a target in zoom mode. Uh, I'm not going to be able to, uh, uh, to be as mobile while I'm doing this, uh, and, it's, and it's definitely not advisable to do all the same all the time because you won't sort of have that free access to, you know, being able to cycle between guy and, oh, I need to interrupt him and move back and forth. But uh, it is a tool you can use to sort of track someone who is rapidly moving through spaces or, you know, uh, you know in and amongst his friends if I want to just kind of stay tracked on him. Okay. Good. Right, does anyone have any other questions? Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm the spellcaster of the group. Okay. I'm the mage extraordinaire sometimes, and I enjoy it. Um, one big thing that I loved from the Skyrim game was um, the ability to set runes, like spell runes, on the ground. Are we going to see them return in Elder Scrolls Online? Yep. Um, there's a couple. There's a couple different types of runes you can get. Um, there's Fire Rune, which I think you're pretty familiar with. Yeah. Uh, that's a spell that you can get by joining the Mage's Guild. Oh yeah. Um, and so anyone in the game can actually get it, and it works the way you'd expect. You can lay down a location, it arms. If someone walks over, it explodes. Good times. Um, there's also a sorcerer-specific um, uh, spell, um, which is a little bit more expensive, but kind of a, a variant on that called uh, uh, Daedric Mines. And how that works is you cast it and it puts three runes in front of you. And, uh, and when someone walks across those, it actually uh, immobilizes them. And there's three different immobilizers there. So it's more like a trap you can lay to protect yourself. And people think they're running at you to hit you, but actually they trigger the trap. And then you keep hitting them while they're locked in place. So we have a couple different types of them basically um, available. Now, is, when you lay them down, are you including a time limit? Are you including, like, if you die, will you disappear? Or, or will they disappear or anything that goes along yeah, with it? As a general rule, if you have something in the world, a summon or a mine or an area effect, and you get killed, it'll go out of existence. Um, but uh, as far as time limits, 
Uh, yes, they won't last forever. They last a pretty long time. I think they're 30 seconds on the Dedrick Mines and, and 30 seconds on the Fire Rune as well. Um, and you can only have one out at a time to prevent it from being like one mage just goes and mines the whole field, but three or four can get together and make that happen. Uh, they can be set off in a variety of ways if you're ready for them, uh, as well as avoided um, if you're ready for them. So it itself, the, the trap gameplay is another element that people can try to utilize in PvP for, str- for strategy. Uh, on top of that, Nick, I was wondering, I know, I'm an old Dark Age of Camelot vet, okay? So I played a Void Eldritch, and we had, you know, the point blank area effect spell, okay, and the ground target area effect spell. Could we see something like that to where I'll set up an AoE, but I'll pull up a cursor and say, you know what, I want this firestorm to happen here, as opposed to right around me, I, you know, I, I can direct it wherever I want. That way I'm not... I don't want to go to these guys, but I need these guys at first because they're, the, they're the primary target. Uh, yes, we have those same two mechanics. There are some spells that are ground targeted. There are some spells that occur in the area around me. There are some spells that create a wall out in front of me. Uh, I guess we have a whole variety of you know damage profiles, area effect profiles because you know that's what you want in PvP, right? There's choke points. They have different shapes. You want to funnel people in different ways. And yeah, you can specifically target a storm at a location. Uh, spear shards work that way. Uh, there's, there's various abilities uh, that, 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 that that utilize ground target as well as PBAE, as well as, you know, various things like mines in the area around you. All right. Uh, anyone else have any other questions? We'll do uh, one last one, and we'll let you go, because I know you're busy today. <laughs> You've been awesome. That's okay. I love talking about this stuff. One last big question about archery is the arrow system. Is it going to be kind of like Skyrim, where you get different arrows for increased damage, or is it unlimited arrow source? Uh, we went for the unlimited arrows. Uh, they do stick in the world, and you can see them at you shoot them in the ground that stay there and it's basically tied to the appearance of the bow your bow has a specific quiver that comes with it visually and you'll pull out those arrows and if you shoot that arrow in the world you can see that they're yours they look unique based on the type of bow you have but there isn't a limit to the amount of ammo you have you, you can just fire all so damage is all based on your bow and your skill with that bow correct okay great thank Pretty you so much Nick for doing this Thanks. Thanks. That's always ask really good questions. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Nick. Really yeah, appreciate it. Okay, we've got uh, Brian Wheeler, lead PvP designer, with uh, with us as well. How you doing, Brian? Doing good. A little, little under the weather, but doing good enough. I hope you feel better, man. We uh, we got some questions. Hope you're not feeling too under the weather to not answer some questions. No, I can answer them. That's fine. Very cool. All right, Joe. Hit it. All right. Well, the first thing on our list for you is: Will there be a title system in PvP? Yeah, uh, there will be a ranking system, and then you'll earn new titles as you rank up in PvP. Like there's, to give you an example, there's like general, grand warlord, and then like the lower end, there's like volunteer. <laughs> now, with that being said, Brian, um, you know, play Dark Age of Camelot. Will there be titles separate? Like the Elmer, do maybe have their own set of titles? Is there a different faction? Is um, a long time ago, I talked with our lore guy Lawrence, and we had talked about doing that. But we found out that just standard issue military ranks universal across the board is A, easier for people to understand, and also B, the lore kind of supports that a little bit better. Trying to have different ranks for general across the all three alliances uh, in kind of the modern market also nowadays. People just want to know, what is their rank? I don't want to have to try and remember that this ranking, this name for those guys, those guys. So if we heard that someone's going to be able to be crowned emperor... 
How long does that last? What do they need? To, what needs to be done to dethrone them? I'll, uh, I'll give you more information on that later, but it's up to the alliance to help keep that person as emperor. Okay, fair enough. Um, I know you probably don't have a direct answer for this, but we're kind of wondering if there's going to be any kind of like arena type system in the future. Uh, well, the good thing about being an MMO is that if players want it, we can add it in later on. So if we do add an arena system, that would be something that would be you know purely by demand because we want everybody to be invested in Cyrodiil on the launch of the game. Well, with, with that being said, if well, just possibly in the future, if that ever was implemented, would that ranking? If there was be ranking earned in the arena of play, would that also reflect a person's overall, you know, overall world PvP standing? Meaning, if I just do arena, you know, I can do that and be a general. But meanwhile, I haven't done anything to earn general in actual PvP the way you you guys would like it to be. Yeah, that's one of those things where post launch I'll look at it and decipher it. Uh, at first blush, I kind of would like to have you know your serial rank be what your efforts do in serial and what your efforts do in arena kind of be separate. But we'll have to find out how that goes post launch to see if we go that route or not. Uh, one question I have for you, actually, that I find is very interesting, is are you going to be able to gain new skills by PvP? Yes, you will. Wow. <laughs> We're still detailing out what all those skills will be, but there will be a skill line for PvP. All right, so you can't really say like a little kid how we're still developing them. So I can't, I can't say yeah, it's gonna have 500 fireballs flame out your eyeballs, and then the next week. <laughs> All right, I'm the raider of the group, so I have to ask you the question that every raider worries about in this game, and that's PVE versus PVP balancing. If you come across a problem of a skill being just a little bit too powerful or a little bit too crazy in PVP. Are you going to change it and have it directly affect PvE in the same way that it would in PvP? Uh, the good thing about all the testing we do internally right now, we do PvE testing and PvP testing weekly. Um, there are things that we find in PvE that we don't find in PvP and vice versa. And Nick's gang goes through and balances all that stuff out accordingly. We don't want you to have an ability that kicks ass in PvP and doesn't do crap in PvE. Uh, everything can be used everywhere. And in terms of um, gear, is another question where that comes up. There's there's no PvP stat either. So there's no worry about some sort of like I need to go get this specific PvP gear to grind up to be able to be effective in PvP. You can come in as a PvE or in PvP and be effective with the gear you earn there. And you can do vice versa. You can go with the gear from PvP into dungeons and do well there. Well, that actually brings up a concern that we just spoke with Nick about a few minutes ago. Um, the concern was you really he made it seem like you can't can't be the best of the best without doing PvE, PvP, and crafting. How do you view the gear gained from PvP compared to PvE and crafting? Uh, the gear that we're working on right now, granted it's also in development too, is that at level 50 it's kind of the base stats are set across the board to be relatively the same, but the procs that pop off them are differently. So like an item set, if you have two or three pieces of a PvP set, that's going to do a different effect than a PvE set or a dungeon set. So in that regard you could have, you know, tons of sets but what you're wearing moment to moment in combat is going to determine whether you kick my ass or I kick yours. So it really is based on the situation. Yeah, definitely. Cool. That's exactly what I wanted to hear, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not that I ground out this specific gear, yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. But then you would, that would totally support that I can mix and match the best of the PvE 
crafted and a PvP and still have an awesome experience. Yeah, um, we're still nailing down how many pieces it takes to make up a set to get those uh, those specific bonuses out. It could be two pieces, it could be four, it could be, it could be all of them. Um, that's what you know the beauty of developing a game is all about. We try to nail down all this stuff, uh, and the fact that we're in beta now really helps out to figure out all those combinations. Yeah, I'm a uh, really big into stuff like Planet Side Two, that kind of game. I'm curious about Cyrodiil. Is it will be will, will it be kind of like a league system with the fortresses, like where like a fortress will, will basically be like the hub point for a certain area in Cyrodiil? And if you take that, will it give you advantages to linking? All the keeps are linked together in a transit line, but you can hit any keep anywhere, anytime. You're not forced to be like, well, we have to hit this keep right now, because that's the only thing that's accessible to us. You can go deep in enemy territory, and I do this often regularly in the playtest, <laughs> where we go deep in enemy territory, take out resources around a keep, and cut it off in transit, and that pisses people off something fear. So, you're not forced to face fight an enemy in one place. You can. I mean, if you see that a keep is lit up, and there's tons of cross swords on there showing a big fight, you can, you can go to it if you want to. But trust me, it'll be it's much more fun to run around and try to mess with the enemy. And on a follow-up on that, is it is there an advantage to having like three or four fortresses linked up together? Yeah, for sure. Um, fortresses in your home territory, and, and in Cyrodiil we did divide the area into basically three home territories, but it's still one zone. Cyrodiil's one zone with, with uh, bottlenecks in between each territory, so like bridges and mall gates, things that you're familiar with. Uh, those things actually separate the territories, and and you can, when you go into enemy territory, when you start chaining keeps together, that's when you can teleport from basically where you enter Cyrodiil as your alliance all the way into enemy territory if you have that link together. That's excellent. You guys are all smiling. That is a great link system I've seen before in one of the games, and it works. Now, we heard about um, being able to swipe your, an enemy faction's Elder Scroll yeah. with the, I guess, the realm or, well, yeah, Realm bonuses attached to it. Now, you know, that's stolen. It's just going to make it back to another, t- back to our home territory. It, will there be a time limit attached to it? All right, we, we held on to their Elder Scroll for two weeks. Now it's got to go back. It recycles, resets. It's, it's permanent. We never, we never nuke ownership of something. Um, that would infuriate me as a player. If I logged in and we said, oh, yeah, midnight hit, so we got to reset everything, like, that would drive me crazy. So we, yeah. we don't do anything along those lines. There's only there's only the only timeout for uh, something in play is if we think that it's been not in a home location for too long, and we're still determining how long that will be. But you can't just have uh, a scroll just wandering around the wilderness. It needs to have a home. Go back in your home. Um, I just wanted to ask you a question about um, about collision in um, in uh, uh, PvP, and I, I think uh, Lou actually could probably ask it a lot better than I ever could. So so Lou, go ahead. Yeah, right. Um, again, you know, I, I used to play Dark Age Camp a lot, and I know tactics we used to employ was that we knew we had a natural choke point or a doorway or a hallway. We would, we would place our plate tanks up front and use them as a living wall where the ranged DPS could be high behind them and safely deal with the enemy players on either side. You know, would there be something, you know, would he so be looking towards being able to do that? 
Um, so there, well, there's no player collision in, in Elder Scrolls because uh, I found in other games which have had player collision has been frustrating. I mean, going way back to uh, EverQuest, right, for an right. example, yep. having an ogre block a doorway is like nothing but frustration. Yes. Um, but there are there are battle lines that form up all the time in our tests where the guys that are in the heavy armor typically go to the front. The guys with the bows hang back with range. Um, and what's been funny with that is we use uh, a lot of players are using uh, ground target abilities to kind of push the plate much more so than a player moving forward and as well as siege weapons like I love watching people just go you know what let's just break down where they're bottlenecking and then it blows it wide open for you to go through awesome great alright I don't think we're going to take any more of your time I know you're not feeling too well we really appreciate you doing this for us just talking to us and uh, take your hands off and elbow you <laughs> elbows elbows elbows, elbows. <laughs> All right, thank you very much, Brian. And uh, next on the hot seat is uh, the big man himself, Paul Sage, creative director of Elder Scrolls Online. Paul, great to have you here. Uh, thanks so much for having me. Thanks for not running away at our site. <laughs> Did not run. All right, Dave, you got a question, right? Yes. Uh, to start out with, I think that the, the era chosen to place the Elder Scrolls Online is an excellent time for the game to take place. The big question is, why choose a time in the past of certain Elder Scrolls games instead of having the ability to just start fresh right after Skyrim and have it completely on your own, being able to do whatever you want with all the lore available to you in the past compared to some being in the future? Right. Uh, well, number one, it's fun. <laughs> uh, but number two, uh, one of the things is, you know, I mean, the, the single-player games are going to continue. And, and so that's that's their purview to kind of continue on that story, and so that's where they are. Uh, but for us, you know, it's a really interesting creative history, and there's all these things that players have heard about, they've read about in the lore books, and that's kind of what we wanted to do, is go back to those things that players have read about. So, you know, you're set right in the interregnum, when all the history is kind of in flux, and nobody really knows what happened during this period, and it's a great place for us to say, hey, here is what happened during the interregnum. Um, is there any specific stories during this time period that you just love and had to include? Hmm. Well, it's, it's always hard to know. Like, what is it that we, uh, you know, came up with that our own stories, or what is it that, you know, were stories of the past? Right. And actually, one of the more interesting things is, uh, you know, and I'll kind of go into one of my favorites, which is uh, the Battle of Glenumber Moors, right? So you read about the Battle of Glenumber Moors in the books, and you, in our, that doesn't actually take place in our time period. But you still get to experience the Battle of Glenumber Moors because you get to go experience it through somebody else's eyes as part of a memory. So uh, that's kind of one of my favorites, and it's actually not even in our time period, but uh, it's really close, and so we decided to include that. That's really cool. That's pretty cool. Okay, gotcha. Okay, well, one of the big things I want to ask you about is what steps have you guys taken for the the new players to MMO, in particular the uh, Elder Scrolls veterans for the single player? Uh, so, you know, hopefully today uh, and before you guys got to play, um, what you've seen is that we've really taken the interface and we've, we've simplified it. There's several reasons for that. Number one is, you know, we don't want everybody to be worrying about everything controls. I have to hit, you know, the, the nine uh, button when my hand is only meant to go up to, say, about the four or the five, right? You want you want people to be able to have easy access just from hand speed. 
the other thing that uh, we really wanted to concentrate on was making it so it felt like Skyrim and you know I think Skyrim the reason why that's good is because Skyrim's controls are already good right so you hold down the left mouse button you attack you hold down the right mouse button you block and so having that simplified control mechanism means it's more accessible to people and then we do things like we put you know press E to interact with something right and it seems like a very simple thing to do but it's really nice because those people who are just getting in and learning it they can jump in right away uh, one of the things that we've been pretty happy with on the show floor is that people get in and get adapted to it so quickly you know it, it takes a very short time without a lot of instruction to get into it whose hand do I have to shake for the whole UI thing uh, so if you talk to uh, <laughs> any of our UI team it's really talented I mean it's a great team uh, Chris Draws is leading that team but there are lots of people who are on that team like we have you know talented artists talented programmers who are really helping out there it really does feel clean if I had to give it one word to it it feels clean right without a doubt um, when we first heard about or we talked about the first person perspective a while back it was kind of like on the on the table maybe scenario what changed between then and now where you guys are like well here's first person fully re- fully realized hands and everything uh, you know even even internally there, there's there's a lot of you know where we're looking at systems that we think are really important to bring to the player base this is one where there's just that number of people internally who are like we have to do this we have to do this you know and you want, you want to be able to concentrate on all the other things to make sure that they're all good and they, they play well to make sure that the game is fun so once we felt like the game was pretty solid then it's like okay well now we can start looking at these other things like hey you know first person with hands is something that's so important and certainly uh, I've been a big proponent of this you know and uh, I, I know even our art director and lots of other people in the company have been big proponents of it and so now it's just the time that we're happy to say you know we can make this happen and I think that's a good thing what about uh, vampirism and lycanthropy how are those going to play in this game is it going to be something like an accidental infection or is there like particular groups you have to go to to get good with in order to become one of those so what I will say about that is to us the system is so cool the way it's set up this is something we are going to even talk about how people are going to get it because we (laughs) want people to actually get in and see what happens and you know we want people to call other people liars no you're not yes I am you know we, we, we want to have that mystery and that fun of, of people getting infected where they don't know so yeah it's going to be completely different I have to say that's probably one of my favorite answers today yeah uh, do you guys have anything really quick oh man as far as the uh, the first person goes, I know it was a it was a huge huge thing to to, to for players to have it in the game. Um, and from what we heard uh, almost a month ago, we, we got we actually were given a concrete it is not in the game from from Matt Fire, or at least that's what I think everyone perceived what he was trying to say. What happened between then and now? Um, well, actually, one of the things that we're, we try to be careful about, probably I'm a little more reckless maybe than some people, but. Uh, is trying to be careful about making sure that we don't promise any something or promise anything that we can't deliver, right? And so I think Matt's really cautious and he wants to make sure that what we're promising out to all of all of the fans is something that we can actually deliver. And until we see something, we often don't talk about it or we often hold it aside. So you, if, if you'll notice the way developers speak sometimes, they'll say things like, as it stands now, yeah. right? And as it stands now means, hey, we may be thinking about this, but we can't tell you we're going to do this, right? And so those are the things you listen for because anything will be on the table to be added to the game, but it's what can we actually deliver by the time we're going to ship or very shortly after we ship that's really going to be, you know, a part of the experience people play. So you just have to be careful about that message. 
Will there be after launch live live content updates um, based uh, either every month or every three months that'll uh, that'll come in and then and then leave within a few weeks? Um, you know, we're just trying to get it to ship at this point, but I will say that the team has a pretty pretty aggressive uh, schedule for trying to make sure that uh, we get our updates in at a, at a very frequent basis. Um, one thing that caught my eye was the concept of the adventure zones. If you could, could I get you to explain, like, elaborate on that just a little bit for us? Because in my mind, I'm, I'm thinking Rift has this instant adventure thing where it just takes you out of the world and drops you somewhere else and says, go do this quest. It works well in Rift. I was wondering if it was anything sort of like that. So, what was the phrase I used earlier? As it stands now, <laughs> right? So, uh, but 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 the, but the thing about it, so we're really not talking about it. What I can tell you, I'm going to kind of give you an idea of the plan. And what the plan is is for Adventure Zones to be something where a group of players, so you know, a group of four players, can go in and they can have a great time. But then there'll be branches off that Adventure Zone, which are for larger and larger groups of like challenges uh, for those groups. So, an Adventure Zone we're hoping is something as big as a zone. But who knows? These things can change. This is development and we'll see what we ship with. Well, I want to ask a couple quick questions about character appearance and post-creation. I know we have, you know, fans like myself, we, I like barbershop features and MMOs. Or, you know what, after I play this character for two months, I want to change the look of the hair. I want to get my avatar a beard. You know, will there be something like that available later on in the game? As it stands now, <laughs> there's nothing like that in the game. Uh, that, that doesn't mean we don't, you know, believe in that. Obviously, we take all that time with the character customization screen and, and those things. You know, hopefully you saw a whole bunch of sliders today that were really awesome. Um, but right now, um, you know, that's, that's the way it stands. And then I'm sure as we progress in, we'll have those things. We'll let you update your appearance. I mean, right now it's all about updating your appearance through your gear accumulation. Um, and there may be things like uh, different markings that you can put on uh, later on as you go through. Well, yeah, actually that ties into my next question uh, with the gears. Since we want that to be a port part of our customization, a die system. Will that be in place, or is that something that you and your team have thought about? Bringing saying like, you know, you know what, yeah, we all have this, you know, he has the same breast that I do, but you know what, he's got black, silver, and gold trim. I've got navy blue and red trim. You know, will that be something we can see in the game, or something you guys have thought about, and maybe say, you know what, that might further, you know, give players, you know, more closer ties to their avatar, to their characters. So, we've definitely considered a diet system, and we'll talk more about it in the future. Ooh. Very good. Joe? I had a question, and I spaced it. <laughs> and I was too involved with what he was saying. Um, oh, actually, yes. We have a question that's been, that our fans have been plaguing us with for a long time, and that is, will Jeremy Soule be involved in the soundtrack? Oh. Uh, yes. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. I want to know: Will that soundtrack be partial? Will, will that will you be able to purchase a soundtrack after launch? Uh, I don't know any details of that right now. I, I actually do have. Speaking on that, one of the, our favorite mods that Elder Scrolls off the record is being able to change your soundtrack in game. I saw while playing around, I saw that it, it said that you were capable of having add-ons. Just to what extent are you expecting the add-ons to be able to change in-game? Like, will you allow us to change the music? Will you allow us to change UI elements or anything? So right now, the uh, add-on screen that you saw in the game is uh, based around our UI. Okay, so, and that's all uh, Lua, 
all built in Lua, so if you've done add-ons to other games in Lua, then you'll probably feel right at home with our API and, and doing add-ons for us. Phenomenal. Um, I have I have one question, and that is about a. Uh, it's, it's 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 silly, but will do you think one day there might be an app for this for this game? An app? Yeah. Uh, what do you mean, like an, an iPad app or something like that? A, something that I can I can access on my cell phone to see if my guild is online, talk with the guild to see if there's uh, little games in there that I can you know pick up rewards with in uh, you know inside the game, get content updates, uh, a a uh, a calculator for different skills, classes, uh, backstories, lore. Yeah, I, I, as, uh, I almost said it as it stands out right now. I, I, um, you, you know, I mean, I, I think anything's possible in the future, and we'll just see. Uh, you know, hopefully if the project is really successful, there'll be a lot of demand for something like that. Sounds good. Okay, anyone else? No? All right. My final question is, have you thought about security for the game? Already, like, is, will it be released with an authenticator? What about mobile authentication? Anything like that? So I will say that the team is very familiar with the MMO market. So yes, yeah, security is going to be uh, one of our primary things that we're looking at. You know, from from the server side, making sure they're secure, uh, making sure pay players are able to keep their accounts secure. You know, um, that's definitely a goal for the team is to make sure that you know. I mean, really, more than anything, we just want you to get in and have a good time. So if you're worrying about your account, that takes away from it. So yeah, that's one of the things we're going to be looking at. Um, and I know this one is, is, is kind of far out as well. Um, I'm sure you guys may come out with a collector's edition as far as the game is concerned. <laughs> um, are you currently looking at ideas from the fans as to what would be inside the uh, the collector's edition? Um, not really, because you know we're, we're, we're far enough along where I, th- I think that uh, we're kind of there. I mean, we're always looking for ideas from fans for different things, but uh, you know, I think that's something we'll announce later on and uh, talk to you more about later on. Awesome. Sounds great. All right. Paul, thank you yet again. Thanks. Thanks. Very, very good for uh, yeah. to us. Awesome talking to you again. Thank you very much. And, and, and if you don't like the collector's edition, you can blame me. All right. <laughs> if we don't like the collector's edition, we can blame you. <laughs> um, any chance of there being, like, a, a soundtrack in there? Okay, so we'll, uh, as it stands now, we're not too sure. <laughs> All right. Thank you again, Paul. All right. All right. Now that we've been through those interviews, we apologize for the background noise. PAX East was so loud it was pathetic it was oh, like <clears throat> i think my ears are bleeding from it um mm-hmm. so we had to they had to find a small corner in their booth that kind of had a somewhat of a noise cancellation yeah what you're hearing is maybe one tenth of the noise yeah it was it was crazy oh, I, man. i'm really sorry about um about all the background noise well you're sorry but we can't do anything about that it's pax east yeah i know <laughs> it's just it's uh there was thousands of people everywhere and it was just crazy it was absolute chaos you could have done the interview two blocks on the road still had background noise from pax east oh, without, oh god oh, without a doubt that they had this tv there right above the bethesda booth that was playing the elder scrolls online uh cinematic trailer dude that thing, that thing was, was sick okay it was sick, but it was loud as hell. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, it was. That thing was like, you. No matter, no matter where you were in PAX, that's what you were listening to. You heard it, without a doubt. Mm. And then, uh, I gotta tell you though, everyone that, you, you walk past their booth, 
and there was just this crowd of like 20 to 30 people just standing there looking up in awe like oh my god this cinematic is great and you can't tell me in the the two days that, that I was there not a single one of those people staring up at this thing um like it was the Christmas star had not seen it before or like a million times over mm-hmm. so and and, and I, I, even myself oh, I caught myself yeah. four different times on four occasions yeah. and that's when I caught myself I've watched it a lot of different times there was one time <laughs> we first got to the booth and um well the awe factor of Yvarwin and Lou because they were there yesterday and they told us okay you're gonna go on right down where the escalator's at you're gonna just make a quick right turn and yeah. look down yep yep and it was like, oh! They had cherubs. They had literal cherubs. Like the tiny fat guys with wings flying around the booth. Oh, yeah. God was crazy. There. there was a unicorn? There was a unicorn. And right away we were greeted by... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> unicorn was awesome. <laughs> Whatever we were smoking, Dave, we got to do it again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> was, the unicorn was farting out rainbows. <laughs> Zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Peter Rabbit was pooping jelly beans. That's right. There was leprechauns <laughs> giving out pots of gold and free copies of ESO. <laughs> so right now we we got down to the escalator and me and me and Lou and Dave were on a mission. We were going straight to the VIP area. We wanted to go. We were going to talk to some people. He bought us another one. <laughs> so I turned over to Joe I had goosebumps on my forearms I had seen this about three or four times already at this point and I was like dude I got goosebumps looking at this trailer it's ridiculous I had a dragon by the shirt come on buddy we got work to do come on. I want to see it more and then I stopped and looked and then he had dragged me it was just a cycle of weirdness um, <laughs> yeah it was needless to say we talked to the devs a little bit, Jessica Folsom, we talked to Gina, we talked to a few people, Joe Burba, mm-hmm. poor guy, I hope he gets better soon, he had a nasty little fall, so anyway, he'll get better soon, he's a good guy. And then we uh, went around PAX East, and I was looking for a couple of rare games, one of them I did find and I forgot to buy, uh, shoot myself uh, for it. Oh, uh, which one was that? The uh, Dreamcast version of... Quake 3 Arena, still in the packaging. And you found it? Found it. It was there. It was in that place where he was looking. Wow. Really? Wow. When I was talking about it, I looked down, it's right there. Another one of those Hollywood moments, and I was like, okay, I'll come right back and get this. But yeah. then I had to wait in that epic line to check my baggage. Okay. For an hour. And then I went out, out the window. So, And we got so caught up in everything that we did. We were at the Yellow Scrolls booth literally 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. And in, we preferred it that way. Yeah. <laughs> So Ivarwin, we went to yes. and guys, we went. Finally, the time arrived for us to go in there and play this game. Yep. Um, what I want to hear first, if it's okay, I want to hear the first impressions of Lou, and then the hardest one of the bunch to please, Mister David Adams. <laughs> so, Lou, I want to know what was it like for you? Wow, uh, stepping in this morning. You know, at the community event that ESO had last night, Saturday night, at their Tamiya Beer Garden at a place called Castle, wonderful environment. We'll, we'll get into that later. Because uh, bear in mind, when I was playing that at the event last night, I, I was uh, the words beer garden. Yes, beer garden. So <laughs> beer garden upset. Uh, <laughs> so my my recollections that night are fuzzy, to say the least. At least this time today, I actually got to see it. And I, I was blown away. Yeah, yeah, it, it was amazing. 
It is amazing. Okay, we walked in and it was a small room. They set up for press. It was a, the press box, pretty much. Right. And see, what the normal people waiting in line got 20 minutes of gameplay, so it was explained to us. Mm-hmm. And they started out at level 5, so they died a lot in the beginning. Because they wanted to actually have time to go explore. They started us at level 1, right from scratch, right at the start. Mm-hmm. They said, here you go, you're a prisoner from a ship. <laughs> <laughs> what are you sighing about now, Dave? <laughs> I died first five minutes in the game. Varwin <laughs> <laughs> eventually died later. That makes me feel better. Five minutes in the game, I was Ten like... Five minutes in the game, you were still making your character. Uh, I mean, after my character was made, <laughs> and after I played around with the UI, and after I hung out and just looked around for about 45 minutes. Chat like, amazing? What's amazing? Yeah, and you died in five minutes. You, you Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so... What was your impressions of it? Oh my god. Um, as, as I've said before, um, if I had to give, characterize this game in one word, it would be clean. The yeah. UI. Yes. It, it, yeah. it, it looks like there is no UI at first. Right. But when you need to do something, it's there. You know what? Why don't we talk about that UI for a second? Because I think that was one of the most impressive things oh, yeah. I saw. Absolutely, in without a doubt. Yes, it was an extremely lean UI. Mm-hmm. When they say when they were talking about lean last week, mm-hmm. they weren't kidding, yeah. right? I, I mean, when I saw that pop out or, or any element of the, the UI come out, it was really very clean, very simple, very intuitive. And it's not like some other previous MMOs where there's just so much crap on your screen. It's like being in the in a fighter jet, seeing someone's hu- a pilot's HUD, mm-hmm. seeing twelve thousand elements being displayed in your face, and you're supposed to make sense of all of it. Right here, I mean, they allowed us to. They gave us the information you need to actually do what you need to do. It's unobtrusive. It can be minimalized. I mean, lots of stuff they didn't have in there now, but they you know they, it will be coming. You could take elements away, display certain elements, have them displayed permanently. I mean, uh, one of the things I did like right off the bat was the fact that for those of you, you know, who have played Skyrim, you know that when you encounter combat for the first time, what pops up? The bars you need to see right away. But once combat's over, what happens? They fade and blend away. You see the world again, but without those elements in your face. You know what? ESO is the same exact way. You have that freedom because after a few minutes, Dave and I were like, you know what? I actually would like to see that. Yeah. So we actually went into our options and said, you know, I show me that, show me that stuff permanently. Yeah. And you know, it it, it did. Even even the hot bar yes. is, disappears. Mm-hmm. Yes, that it does. It's the, and you can you can toggle the hot bar on and off, um, but you can you can have it. Yeah, you, you can have it where when you're in combat, it, it appears, and then when you're out of combat running, it sort of just fades away. And you can toggle that option on and off, which is which was a, a great option to actually have. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I started out, of course, it starts out with the minimalist view, mm-hmm. where it has just the bare bones. You never see basically anything other than your map, your party group, which is also extremely minimal. And the quests you're on, that's all you would normally ever see when playing the game when not in combat. But I like to see the stuff that pops up when I'm in combat, such as my life, my, my magicka, and my stamina, as well as the hotbar, 
all the time. So eventually, I went in, I set it to the hot bar always on, my, my bars with my health and all that stuff always on. Not only always on, I was able to put the uh, number of the exact amount of health or magicka that I have left on my bars, just like you would in a normal MMO. Just because that's how I like to play it. I like to always have as much information at the ready as I can. And it, it worked, and even then, it was still so minimalist that it didn't... It wasn't overly intrusive like you see in games that have a full-size bar yeah. mm-hmm. that forces its way onto your screen. You know why? Because if you actually look at an MMO, the, the viewable screen that's not cluttered up with all of like, you know, tools and UI garbage is actually extremely small. Mm-hmm. It, it's probably about half of, of what the, the screen actually is because you've got, you know, the bar on the bottom, you've got a bar on top of that, you've got your, your mini-map either in the top right or the top left... You know, um, uh, quest tracker on on the on the right or the left. You've got two bars either on the right or the left, depending on where all your where other skills are going to be as well. You know, the chat window in like the bottom left hand corner with multiple tabs in there. And by the time you break all that down, plus there's always like a bar as well that that indicates um, you know what you, you, the, all the system functions you, you know your inventory your various bags that's a bar too so by the time you actually look at your inventory or your, your screen it's like you know a tiny little porthole that you're actually seeing mm-hmm. so once you finally remove all that crap it's noticeable mm-hmm. and um, to, to have the action bar fade when you're out of combat to not even have those extra bars on the right hand or the left hand side wherever you put it um, and just go down to you know a frameless chat window, a mini map with a built-in compass around it to show you where the points of interest are. That's phenomenal. You know, it's a very cinematic experience. It really is. Yeah, I like how you have the option to actually hide the UI. Yeah, mm-hmm. auto fade on the hop bar. Yep. I don't know about you guys, but I was using nothing. I mean, my number keys, my start gaining skills. Mm-hmm. I don't even care about it. And the in the menu you, the menu UI up, up top is tiny little thing. Right. Oh, yeah. icon base. I I found myself just using keyboard commands. I never did that in MMO. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just a natural way to do it, and it was. And I, I played around with it once when I had the uh, inventory screen open. Then the inventory screen, and I was actually running around with my character with that open. It didn't pause the game right like that. It was just very smooth, very very easy to use. Yeah. I think that was one of my biggest uh, yay moments when we when me and Varwin got to see the game again and one of the changes that was one of the biggest changes I saw it was a phenomenal change yeah without a doubt it, like I said it, it, it looks absolutely beautiful it really does like I said me and Varwin got to go in a second time and Varwin what was your impression like playing it the second time well honestly the 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 only thing that was on my mind at the time was, you know, oh my god, I'm, I'm, I'm finally playing this game again. I'm having so much fun doing it. Um, I died like, you know, four or five different times during the course of my two-hour gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, one, of the, one of the biggest changes that I noticed was the, uh, the skill trees. Beyond that, I hadn't really noticed too much until until you had picked up a couple of things and said, "Oh, this looks like it's different." And then I looked at it, I was like, "Oh, you know, the guy's right." But the the skill trees are very very different. You know when and, and I mentioned to this to this to you, Joe. 
when we describe how you get how your skills are outlined in ESO, it's always been it's always been this. Well, every single weapon has a skill line, and then at some point, your once you level that skill up, you're going to hit a a, um, a level up of that skill, and then you can your that skill like does that weapon skill, I should say, morphs. Does more damage or does you know something else? It's it's an upgraded version, a leveled up version of that weapon skill. Um, and then at some point it branches off, and you've got like a top branch, and then like a lower branch, and then you still have the middle baseline branch. And then the top branch does something different. The lower branch does something different. It's easy to understand it when you're looking at it, describing it on an audio podcast. I can't do it without my hands flying everywhere, which is what the chat is seeing right now. <laughs> Um, and Liz is making fun of me for it. <laughs> um, but the thing is, is that's gone. They got rid of that. And the ability to still level up your weapons exists, but it's very simple. And they say this, when you level up, you get a perk point. Or a skill point. Skill point. You get a skill point. If you want to spend it on a class skill, go ahead. You want to spend it on one of the many different weapon skills. Go for it. You know, we, we, we can break this down, actually, if you want. Yeah. I mean, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No. No, yeah. Each class, when you open up the... Uh, when you go to when you level up, it immediately goes to the stamina, health, and magic. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you put your point there. Right after that, you hit the R button, levels you up, and you go... Put you right to the skill menu. The skill menu starts out with your class. You have on the left-hand side, you have class, weapon, armor. Armor, right. yep, those three. Okay, in the class, you have three different sections. See, yes. for my Dragonite, it was Dragonfire. I forgot the name of the two, but they were cool, too. <laughs> but Dragonfire was for... My Dragonite was more of a, a mage-style system. Right, so just, just so just so everyone understands, just so you recap, um, when you level up, you get one point to spend in either health, magic, or stamina. Then after you spend that, you hit the R button and you get another point that you can drop into one of your skills. Skills are broken down in either your class, your weapon, or your armor. Those are broken down even further. So you click on weapon, and or, or in this instance, uh, class, mm-hmm. and your class is broken down into three different types. Yeah. Right. Now, um... One thing I specifically did ask while we were playing is we heard rumors that we spoke on last week. Well, not rumors. They were they were what was we heard from other uh, sources that there would be different ways to get skill trees, uh, such as guilds. Um, what were the other ones? You get skills from them. Um, mage, the mage guild, the fighter fighter guild, guild, right? Like yeah. empathy. Right. They also said there's going to be a PvP skill tree, right. world skill trees, which yeah, world skill trees. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's so many ways to do things. It's ridiculous. It is, and the point is, like, um, I remember when I interviewed with Nick, we asked him about runes, magic runes, and he mentioned the Mage Guild and how you can get a uh, magic a, a rune you put on the ground, like just like you find in Skyrim, but any class can use it. And level it. Yes. And all your skills level up, like we told you before. You more you use them, and they level up, and they get stronger, and they do more. Right. Mm-hmm. I notice that when you go into the skill menu, you go up any time you want. I was looking at my fiery chain, 
And it was getting more damage, more reach. Every time I leveled it up, I leveled it up like five times. I mm-hmm. that thing so many stupid times. <laughs> but um, <laughs> not only that, but um, you have all the weapon lists, and you you cannot... See, each skill that you can unlock requires a certain level. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, when you're looking at the class skills, it's your character level determines what, what you can unlock that. When you're looking at different weapons, different armor, it's based on your armor level or your weapon level to unlock those skills. Right. And, enough, and the thing is, though, I noticed is that my first dual went, I got a dual perk. It was an actual ability that was really cool, like a cross strike that I did a dot to. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's cool. So it was an actual physical skill. And every time I leveled up, my dual wielding was getting stronger as well in base damage. It's like my um, one of the Templar skills that I got. I was using a two-handed weapon, and uh, one of the first Templar skills I got was very similar. You know, you um, once the the enemy comes in closer range, you hit them with uh, the two-handed weapon, and it, it also adds uh, a damage over time. Uh, it was actually a bleed effect, I believe. So mm-hmm. similar. Yeah, I noticed a lot of bleed effects that were occurring. Um, I had a couple of boys that did that. I got to level 5, by the way. Ah, congratulations. <clears throat> I was murdering everything, and I actually did die once. <laughs> In the beginning, took on two wolves like an idiot, level 1. Yeah. Level two. Yeah. They ate me. I wasted a life the same way. I was stubborn <laughs> and went to try it again, and yeah. as I killed the first wolf, I leveled up, mm-hmm. got all my health back, and killed the other one. There you go. Uh, that's good. Um, there's a lot of awesome stuff that I saw in the game that were... But we'll get I'll get more of that in detail on Thursday. Sure. Yeah. So the UI phenomenal, very lightweight, and I, I did play the customization a little bit. Mm-hmm. I made my hotbar stay on all the time. Um, they changed around the not synergy, but the finesse way of doing things. Okay. Yeah, you were spoke, speaking with uh, Nick about that. Yeah, we talked about finesse before. You know, depending on how good you do in battle, you get bonuses for it. Right. Um, you don't see your XP by bar by default. Instead of seeing like a, a, a number pop up with your finesse number, it doesn't exist anymore. What you're seeing is if you get a really good fight, your XP bar will blink saying great fight, and you'll notice when you loot the animal, it'll have a, a piece of loot, will have a question mark or an exclamation mark on it, that's your bonus loot. And I noticed that it was oftentimes two to three times the amount of gold of, an, of the regular loot. Oh, okay. See, I didn't, I didn't even notice that. I was actually looking for the XP bar. It was in the UI options. Okay. To bring it up. They, they wanted everything to be minimal. Yeah. Right at the start, so you can add more. That's what they talk about when they were talking about the minimal versus the more advanced. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is they start out with pretty much nothing being visible. Yeah. So you got to go in there and you can add it and you can add your XP bar. You can add your um, skill bar and other little tidbits on there if you want. But just having the mini map on there felt very, very Skyrimish to me. The Say that again? Having just having nothing but the mini-map on? Yeah. yeah. felt just like Skyrim. It did. It really did. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. When the skill system, is there anything special you guys noticed? Because I know that Dave played the Sorcerer. Yes. Actually, yeah. Dave and I did play both play Sorcerers. Today. We yeah. played it different, too. Yes. Yeah, that's one of the interesting parts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's definitely something I want to get in more detail on Thursday, but I do want to bring up the party system. You guys did test well, it out a lot. I actually have a story to that. Um, after I died, I noticed uh, Lou was running around my area. And I was like, wow, I'm kind of angry from being killed by that wolf. 
<laughs> I'm going to co- go kill Lou. It didn't let me, but yeah. uh, no, it wouldn't <laughs> let me PvP him. I wanted to. I really did. Sorry, Lou. Yeah, I threw you to the wolves. So. It's okay. <laughs> anyway, I clicked on Lou, and it gave me a few options on what to do with adding as a friend or all these different things. One of them was uh, invite to party. Why not? So I invited him to party, and it was pretty cool. It was like in the upper left-hand corner. It was tiny, tiny, almost nothing to it. It was just just the name. I, did it even have health on it? Yes. Yes. It, it, yes. It, had, it had a little health bar. I eventually invited all these losers, but <laughs> <laughs> just we all saw it. But it, it was it's it's minuscule. The amount of, of space it takes up instead of like World of Warcraft, where they have to have your the picture of who's on in your party as well wearing, as what they're wearing, who they're targeting, what their pet looks like, their favorite drink flavor, <laughs> you know, all these different things. It, it doesn't involve any of it in, in the UI, which is amazing. I want to mention I was the last one invited. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> Three minutes before we had to leave. <laughs> I did a lot of testing with the opposite version of the party. Um, I found Lou, I didn't know it was Lou at first, but he was killing a giant snake Enemy yes. coming out of the water. I kind of went over there and helped him out, which mm-hmm. almost kicked my butt because I gained aggro by pulling it with my chain and was starting to beat him on him. Right. So I noticed that the person that I was helping was a, a caster, and I wanted to take away the aggro and get that practice on that. Just get his attention by mm-hmm. line of sighting. Right. And I wanted to see how that system worked, and it worked very efficient, by it the way. It did. Yes, it did. I had to go and chase after him because he got blue in mind a few times. Did, did the caster did uh, ever pull off of you during that it fight? Did. Yes. Based on what my positioning was, I like to dance around my enemy. When I danced around behind him, and I found out later it was Lou that was that caster, he was hitting that snake, and the snake would automatically focus on him and going after him. So I got back in front of that snake, or pulled it with my chain, got back in front of it, started beating on it, and it kept its, its attention on me instead at that point. Oh, very interesting. Mm-hmm. So I got the XP for it. Lou got credit for it. Yes, we both got credit for that kill. And we both received... Well, we we, we didn't at the moment, but yeah. uh, one of us got to loot it. Uh, the, they don't have, in the current build we play, they didn't have it where we can both loot it, but they right. promised us that's going to be the final game. game. Yes. Yeah. yeah, loot will be shareable at well, launch. It's not just... really shareable as much as instance looting. That's like what we see with Diablo 3, uh, which is an excellent idea. I find that amazing. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. two people can be playing simultaneously, but the loot that drops is individual. Uh, that's, you know, honestly, that's, that's the way to do that it. Is, that's the way to go, because, you know, the when uh, when I click on a mob, I'm going to get my share of the gold and uh, a, a piece of armor. And when you click on the mob, you're going to get your share of, of the gold and, you know, either a piece of armor or a weapon or, you know, what have you. And we're now we're not rolling against each other and, and creating, a, right. you know, a, a competition with our own party. Another one of the press guys was in, in the room with me, and I saw him. We were doing the same quest area. It was a goblin village. It was really cool. <laughs> I'll get into that more later on Thursday. But, uh, so I noticed him. I didn't really want to group up with him. I wanted to get that side by side and see how we would do together. Mm-hmm. Right. And he would st- initiate attack, I'd go in there, reach in and grab him and take the aggro because he's playing a caster too. Mm-hmm. And we did that all the way through. We just powerhouse through everything. Mm-hmm. I noticed that whoever attacked the enemy first got the loot, but that's going to change. Right. Other than that, we were getting both getting XP and it was just like a teamwork without being on a team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was very, very fluid, very efficient, loved it. 
at some point, um, I had somebody uh, who's a caster as well came and helped me in, in the Dwemer uh, ruin. Did you did you go through the uh, the Dwemer ruin? Oh heck yeah, that was so good. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was oh cool, goodness. right? Yeah, yeah, that was right, actually yeah. after Lou and I teamed up, dude. We steamrolled that place. Yeah. <laughs> we were a train moving through there. Well, Nick did tell me they dumbed down the demo because they don't want people dying all the time. They wouldn't actually experience it. Really? He said it was going to be a lot harder on release. Really? Yeah. Bring it. Wow. Yeah, I was, that was fun. It was I, I, rotten. It was rotten. <laughs> yeah, Nick came up and he's like, because he wow. saw me plowing through that Dwemer like it was nothing. I was pulling two, three of them at a time just, just laying waste. He's all... It's not going to be as easy at launch. Wow. And I asked him why, and he said, because we want people to be able to experience the game while they're here for their 20 minutes. So if you, wow, I, I keep saying wow, but <laughs> um, if you if you got the chance to, to play the game, um, be be advised. It's going to be harder at launch. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Nick also said something. He's all, after the alpha testing with you guys, with, with everybody, we realized that we had to tone some things up or tone some things down. Just yeah. Francis, my Dragon Knight, and he said, Joe, you're one of the reasons why we tone. We had to change things. I heard him say that. What? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Nick Uncle turns around and tells this guy, he says, literally, you got to like level seven or so. He's like, yeah, you got way too far. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. they changed things around because like the ultimate armor is like level 14 now and it was level six before and and it, it makes sense to have it at that level, though. Yeah, I think even um, Andrew from uh, from Tamriel Foundry had had come to him too during the discussion we had after the alpha, and said that you know I seem to have gone through you know the the content kind of quickly, and and he you know they obviously changed that up. What's You're welcome, chat room. room. What, what's going on in the chat room? <laughs> Everyone, tell Joe thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to be assistance. Yeah. Uh, so we did learn also that the beta will be starting at the end of this month, the beginning of next month, so late next week, early the week following, would be the closed beta invite. They, yeah, what um, you're talking about with the community team. Yeah, what Jess right? said. Yeah, I, I don't remember specifically, but it's, it's. I think she said. She kind of just said late this month, early yeah, next I, month. I heard at the end of the month. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is that... What you heard, Lou? End of the month? Yeah, around the end of the month or so. Uh, you know, that's when they hope to start sending these out. All right, so don't hold anyone to the strict literal word if it doesn't happen. Well, plus, you know, they're going to start small. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're, we're only going to see a few people, a few handfuls of people get in at a time. Don't, don't worry if you're not the first person in, honestly. Your, their bugs are going to be worked out if yeah. more and more the, the further this progresses. So if you get picked a little bit later, you're going to have a cleaner, more impressive game to deal with. Right. And also keep in mind, too, as the beta invites start rolling out, okay, you're going to sign an NDA that's going to ask you, you can't even tell anyone, Jared, that you're in the beta. All right? So yeah. keep that in mind. So if you're stewing, waiting, and you know a beta period's going on, guess what? You're never going to know what's going on because no one can tell you what's going on. Because if you're caught, guess what happens? All right, you get thrown out and probably banned from playing a game until it releases. Oh yeah, yeah, they'll kick you out. Yes, mm-hmm. and they'll remember who you are. So it's a very, very strict NDA for closed beta. You cannot take screenshots. You cannot take video. 
You can't talk about what you're seeing. Right. And you can't, and you know, you may not even be able to say, you can't tell anyone you're in. So if your friends are, aren't in it and you are, <laughs> oh well. Well, the bright side of the fact is, is though, even though you're restricted like that, mm-hmm. well, like, I, what did Jess say? She goes, stop and think why you'd want to tell people. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You're there to help them to experience the game. Your priority goal when you get in, if you get in closed beta, you're there to help them. Right. They're going to take what your feedback, what you're doing, and make the game better. Mm-hmm. So that's all you know. So, I mean, even us, if we if we get into the beta by some lucky chance, we're not going to tell you guys. We can't. And nor will we. And so we're going to do it to help them. Um, but we can talk about stuff they do release, like today. <laughs> right. All right, guys, what else did you notice that was a big factor that was a wow moment? What was a big factor? That just kind of wowed you, like, this is oh special. The one thing, the first thing that I said when I started the game, they fixed the damn Argonians. <laughs> yeah, they don't look like I hit Oh, my, my God, they look great. I'll say that right now. The Argonians look great. Uh, Barwin, what do you think about the female elves? I I thought they are far and away better looking than what you see in uh, Skyrim. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, they really are. Yes, they are, because uh, last night at the meeting, I actually did get to play a, uh, a high elf uh, sorcerer, female sorcerer. And just to tie into that, what, uh, as Barwin just said, they look a lot better here <laughs> in this game. Oh, yeah. And everyone here, I think, is going to be very happy with character creation, just how it is, the whole the entire process, um, you have a lot more finer, you know, control. Okay, and it's going to be really nice. You're all going to be in for a really nice surprise when you actually get to see it and actually start to uh, move it. The uh, the the uh, the elves look a lot like uh, Queen Queen Aaron. So if you're uh, yes, no worries, Shank. Yeah, exactly. Can we mention the, the graphics? Oh, yeah, let's go for early it. beta and absolutely sexy. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> beautiful. Yep, and didn't really require a whole lot of a whole lot of hardware. Mm-hmm. It it really was surprisingly polished for a beta. I've yeah. been in in a few betas in the past that have been just entire sides of buildings missing items that are just cubes that are blue and white just to be placeholders. Crazy stuff. Dave was flipping out about roots. Oh, oh my god! Yes. Oh my god! Yes! <laughs> Anyone who's ever played Rift, if you know what I'm talking about, raise your freaking hand because I know it bothered the hell out of me. Yeah. I would go into a beautifully crafted raid dungeon area. It, it, you know, just, oh my god, it's beautiful to look at. Then you slowly look up and the ceiling is just black. <laughs> Right. <laughs> or the ceiling is just one big tile. Ooh, look. It almost looks like it has a pattern. <laughs> you know? Isn't that dust? Yeah, really. It, the Elder Scrolls, they put art on the roof. Yes. Yeah. You could actually see where the rafters were, where the, 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 the little pieces of dust and, and mold were on the roof. You could see, we even had one area. That there was a big ass hole in the ground, and you could even go further in the dungeon. Look back up the hole. It was a real hole. Right. It wasn't and just Dave. Dave, as you pointed out, he's like, "Hey, look above you. Like, that's the rubble from the hole we had to avoid <laughs> two levels ago." I looked straight up, like, 
oh my god, you're right. They actually were so careful saying, you know, this makes sense. All that garbage that's in your lung right now, that explains why there's a hole above your head and it goes up for two levels. There you go. Our resident graphic nut, Shank, who's supposed to be on the show, but sorry, Shank. Uh, he'll be on Thursday. Anyway, um, he's asking a question is, uh, how do the graphics compare to Vanilla Skyrim? Oh, oh my god. Uh, that's wow. like comparing an HD TV to a lithograph. What are you talking about? <laughs> Man, Skyrim looks terrible compared to this. This well, looks beautiful. You have to you have to be aware that the art styles are completely different in okay. philosophy. They are. Skyrim um, Skyrim's art style is very ultra realistic looking, or at least it attempts to be that way. Um, ESO has a MMO graphic look to it. If you've ever played an MMO and you've seen the graphics, it... How did we describe it? Um, I don't know. I, I, I think how we, did just, we describe it? it was if Rift and ESO had a baby. Yeah. A beautiful, yeah, beautiful Rift and Skyrim had a baby. Right. Yeah, Rift and Skyrim. Rift and Skyrim had a baby. So, Shank, for those who think like Shank, look up... Uh, have a chance go to YouTube, look up Rift... Okay, look at the actual gameplay from players who are playing on those ultra-high modes. All right, and then take that, all right, and what Skyrim does, how it runs, you know, on maybe on one Shanks uh, streaming EMB, okay, with his, when he does EMB, yeah, it's a very nice blend of the two. Because remember, as Byron was alluding to, yeah, you may want the graphics that Skyrim has, okay, plus the EMB package and the mods, but, you know... Zenimax wants as many people to play this game as possible. So they want a a decent amount of people to be able to play it and not be scared when they look at the specs and say, you know, oh my god, I can't play this game, so I'm never going to try it. And lose out on a, uh, you know, having a great potential customer, you know, lose out on happiness of playing their game, playing their product. They want people to play their game. I have to say that as far as MMOs are concerned, the best looking MMO, MMO I've ever played was Rift. It's now ESO. It's it's a beautiful oh, looking game. Oh yeah. Yes. Um, Joe, did you want to uh, ask about the uh, the, the question yeah. in the chat room? The question that we've been hearing a lot of, we actually got the information on. Yeah. Was what type of hardware did, did we play the game on? What settings? That's right. And um, it, the 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 computer was advanced, but not nearly as souped up. As you might think it was, and when you go to when you go to PAX East, there's 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 computers that'll land a space shuttle. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right. What was that ridiculous thing? It, it had it would growl oh, at me oh when I walk past it. it. Oh yeah, the one that was from um, course, PNY. Not, PNY. Yes. Yes. Jake, this one's for you. Insane. All right, PNY was there. Okay, if anyone knows computers, PNY, that manufacturer was there. Okay, showcasing some of their hardware. They had Crisis Three running. On three, on one of their rigs, on three Titans. Three. Each card was, you know, was out its own monitor. NVIDIA GTX 680s, right. Titan. Three yeah. monitors in portrait mode, in portrait uh, standing. Okay, so the guy could actually see in front of him, slightly off to his left and slightly off to his right. You couldn't do a full, per- you know, peripheral vision, but close enough. And when Varun was playing it yesterday, he was going all over the place with his mouse. That game never stuttered for a second. Yeah. One thing I can say is that my computer at home that I 
put together a year and a half ago for eleven hundred dollars is more powerful than the they don't play right. with that. Yeah, they yeah. actually yeah. pulled them out. They they yes. they they <laughs> picked them not because of them them being powerful, not because they were new. Rather, they picked those systems for this expo because of their stability. Yeah, um, they were not the top of the line. Right. Not even close. Right. No. They weren't. They weren't the bottom of the barrel, but they weren't the top of the line. They had. Um, what, what do we got here? Well, full forty-two. Yeah, that's great. You're actually correct. The the machines they were using. Okay, uh, I buy power. That's yeah. in the company. The Revolt model. Yeah. Okay, that's the tower. The model tower they're using the Revolt. Yeah, fool's right. That uh, fool forty-two in the chat room is is right. It does come from I buy power, and uh, they were running on Revolt systems. Yes. Um, what did they have in there? Okay, they, they let, we'll start with a, a core i7 running at, uh, I think uh, they said 3.7 gigahertz, but they weren't too sure on that, um, so it's, it's a possibility. They also had one uh, G, um, GTX 680, it was a NVIDIA GTX 680 in there, 8 gigs of RAM, um, and that was... Really, like that's all, all the, that's yeah. all the system specs they said. Now, now, granted, uh, you know, a, a well, they had a solid state hard drive, but that won't affect the gameplay, right? right. Yeah, and a solid state hard drive. But you know, um, granted, an i7 chip and a NVIDIA uh, 680 are you know advanced components, um, but not not so uh, far to the point where it's like completely unattainable and so overly powered that you know you're going to you know that it would, it would it, it's just unreachable um, so that said it looked great it looked phenomenal and it didn't have the kind of um, crazy crazy specs in there that some of the other computers that were at Paxis did so and, and also this is the most important part I think we can actually say about hardware um, the, com- the computer technician that we were talking to over at the Bethesda booth said he had a side conversation with Matt Fire who had told him his computer from four years ago will run ESO without a problem. Matt Fire had a side conversation with this computer technician from Bethesda and said his old, his computer from four years ago will not have a problem running this game. Now, mind you, it won't be at full specs. It'll probably right. be at medium-level graphics, but you'll still be able to play it. And that's the whole thing about Elseworlds anyway, is not just the graphics, but the playability of the game. Right. right. Um, what do you guys think about the story? And I want you to do this while I, I'm asking the chat room right now to ask their questions as well. So when they start picking the questions up, we'll be able to pick them up. The uh, the way that the quest system worked, the story, I was even looking at books. I normally don't yeah, do that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So what did you guys think of that element? About how, about the books being in the game? The about books, the story, the questing? <coughs> Me personally, the, the I, I think... It was fluid. I think that's the best word I can use to describe it. I, at any given point, I could have said, and I did do this, I'm going to go running off on my own. And I I literally, I purposefully did not do the first quest in the game um, to test this out. I was supposed to get off a boat and go talk to a ship captain uh, who had pulled me out of the water. I spoke to her, but she wanted me to do something. I turned her down. I ran straight out of the city, picked a direction, and just went for it. Um, I came across uh, an encampment and got a quest, and you know, it sort of goes on from there. Uh, the quest was done, and once I completed the quest, I did the exact same thing again. I just picked a direction, and I just went. So, yeah, I picked up quests, 
yeah, I did the quest objective and returned them, but it's not because I was told by another quest giver back in town, you know, go to this guy over here and he's going to take you over there and then from there you're going to go find this other town who's got six other radiant quests here. No. I went where I wanted to go. And at any given point, I could have abandoned any of those quests. At any given point, I could have picked up other quests. Or at any given point, I could have just gone in a different direction and and, and explored, which is a huge part of ESO. If you're yeah. not exploring in ESO, you are missing out on some unbelievable game content. Yeah. I, I don't mean to interrupt, no. but that exact point happened to me. Yeah, I know. Yeah, tell them, tell them what you found. Uh, okay, well, I'm not going to go into it in depth for what the quest is yet. Well, I'll do that on Thursday, but... I was trying to catch up with Luke, and he he was he had to go off on his own. I'll explain why I'm sure on Thursday. But I had to go cross this uh, this inlet for a lake, and on my way was this tiny island. I walked over the island. I found a dead pirate body. I I talked to it. I looted the dead pirate body and got a quest off of it. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> We have a uh, ton of questions coming in from the fans, guys. All right, let's start looking at them. Um, let me see here. Scroll back up to. Did we find talk to any devs that were single and desperate? No list. Sorry. No. <laughs> uh, how free is exploration? Um, yes. Pretty much, you see it go. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They they even said that they had people testing the game, and. They had 20 minutes. Anybody who walked up had 20 minutes to just play the game for you know the 20. And they said that there were some people who just, all they did was run and see how far they could get. Oh, yeah. And in that 20 minutes, they were still running. <laughs> they even had one who swam. They were still swimming. Oh, they found a dark anchor at the end. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Which actually goes to one of the other questions was, was there any kind of rift-like events? Which I think would be more akin to the dark anchors. The dark anchors. The dark yeah. anchors. I think if you're if you're looking for now, what did they what did what did they actually they call that? What what is what type of event is that in game where it just it spontaneously happens? It, it came out and you know Rift sort of introduced like a, a world group event. Well, it isn't a world event or it's a zone a, group event. It's like a spontaneous zone event. It is a, like a spontaneous right. Event. Spontaneous events seem to be happening in this game, and and the the one thing that we can say, like I think this is a spontaneous event, are those those dark anchor events. Yeah. You know, Molag Ball is trying to bring um, Tamriel into Cold Harbor, his realm, and the way he's trying to do that is by taking these anchors, like you would see almost like on a on a boat, practically with these huge giant chains bigger than you and your character drives itself inside the ground and begins to actually lift Tamriel toward Cold Harbor. You have to destroy that. And it happens spontaneously. Now, it, does it happen in, like... And I don't know about this. This is a question that I have. Does it... Would that happen in a random place? Or does that happen I, at the same place? I really don't know. You know really no I put my money on, on it being, like, Rift, where there are... Probably thirty possible yeah, areas okay. so they could come, yeah. and, and it only picks like one or two out of the thirty at a time. I'm we got sure. a. I'm sorry, guys. Oh, we got a big question from Ruckin. No, are you guys? <laughs> are you guys worried that there is too much phasing going on? Is it taking away from the MMO aspect? Oh. I didn't see anything. Oh, oh, 
Oh, okay. Uh, I'm gonna, I know I'm going to break into the stuff that we're going to do on Thursday. You're going to have to deal with it. Um, sir. <laughs> the phasing was non-existent. Me and Lou were together. We chose different paths, and yet we're still able to be in the same group, still able to do the same quests. They just had a different undertone to them. He saved a woman's life. I killed her. I say that same one. You saved her? Yeah, no. You're a loser. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, that's we did that. And we, we progressed with each other through the same quest line. But his was, he saved her. So she may come back later. Mine, I got like an extra 10 gold for killing her. Yeah, you did. And Good to know. Right, when I was told, <laughs> since Dave had made the one choice to let her, let her die, that was it. Uh, one of theirs told us, for you... Whatever possible storylines you could have had as you grow in levels was cut off for the rest of your, your avatar's career. He told me, hey, you saved her. You may see her well, later on. Just but saying. at the same time, you burned your bridge with the, the woman yes. who wanted her dead. Where I pleased her, so then she'll pick me up later on and say, hey, you helped me out, so here's a quest to go do this for me. Another question we got from Fool42 says, uh, can you mouse click the hotbar in combat or is it number key only? If yes, how does this I- impact the radical aiming? Yeah, see, here's the thing. You, you, it's number key only. Alright, you, it's not? No, no it's you not. Can click it. You can click it, it in yes. combat? Yeah, as it was, if you pressed alt, it freed your mouse from the game. Ah, you okay. could click it then, but yeah, it'd kind of be a bit of an issue if you were trying to aim something. But you can still use it. It's a lot more advantageous to do the, the number keys. It's like uh, Paul Say says that they only gave you five skills because that's where your fingers can go naturally. Exactly. Right. right. It You're really not- it, it plays just like Skyrim. You don't in Skyrim stop, whip out your mouse, pulls up something, and do it while stuff is going on. In Skyrim, you get to pause it, pick something out of your inventory. You can't pause an MMO. That's the whole point of putting stuff on the skill bar in the first place, is so that you can have the stuff at the ready. Um, another question. Yeah, good. <laughs> you get skill points for the skills as you level. Are these just to enhance skills, or are they the only way to improve them? That's, that's yeah, where you get your skills. A lot of stuff. There, um, there's another way to get skills. There's a couple yeah. ways to get skills in the world. They actually, yeah. we found one way, but they hinted at other ways of doing it, not just by leveling up your character. Mm-hmm. You don't get a skill point by leveling up like your two-hand weapon. You have to use a skill point when you level up to be able to use it. See, what I was trying to get earlier is that a lot of different skills, like in your weapon trees, mm-hmm. require that weapon level to be a certain level before you can put a point into them. Right. But you only get your skill points through character from, levels. From character levels. From the shards? Yeah, the shards. I actually found two. I found two as well. Yeah. Okay, if you get the third one, supposedly you get an the extra skill point. Skill point which encourages. Yeah, and they're hidden throughout oh, the world. Oh, right, yeah, right. The sh- those, the shards. The sky shards? shards? Yes, yeah, I, I picked up uh, the one that you got, I, I picked up. Oh, okay. Yeah, so okay. that's how that kind of works. And it, it, there's more than just. That's why I said that level 50, you're just beginning. Oh, yeah. You're not mm-hmm. done with your character at 50. Yeah. You're just opening it up, so you can go out get sky shards. There's apparently other ways to get skills. What it what it really looks like is, if at level fifty, you have the capability of having everything unlocked, hypothetically. From then on, you can keep building your character and master everything you want. 
Um, one of the last aspects of that question was improving the skills. The skills will, as they level up, will improve themselves. Right. But they, they have to, to the be next, on your hotbar. Yes. Yeah, they have to be on your hotbar level yeah. up. But if you level them up, they go to the next level of that spell. Yes. Yeah. Um, let me see here. How large was the area you started, and where did you start? Oh, man. Um, Thanks, geez. Shank. <laughs> well, we were... Shank so far. When this build, we actually uh, started in... Uh, we were in Daggerfall. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We were in Daggerfall. So they only had the uh, one faction open, because mm-hmm. I think whatever they were doing, they just wanted to put everyone in that one faction for now, just get them going, having have experienced the game. So, all right, you know, you're this faction, pick a class, whatever, and just go at it. And, yes, Shank, the area is pretty... Believe me, extensive. Um, all right, because the first few minutes I actually ran <laughs> just to see what I could find <laughs> on the map, and realized I hadn't I hadn't spoken to any NPCs. So I'm halfway across from where I was, and like I had nothing in my journal. That reminds me, the starting area we're at was only supposed to be for about five to six, according <laughs> to what I was told. That was what? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And That's it. Yeah, and I I had to fast travel Shank. Because I didn't want to have to run all the way back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we only had two hours. Yeah, it's like <laughs> you know. I mean, you can't. It, let's put it this way. All right, when I was playing, there was definitely a time when I said, "All right, I've got I've got a half hour left. I'm all the way out here. the 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 guy I have to turn the quest in is is all the way over here. I don't feel like spending." You know, um, all this time running all the way back. I'm going to fast travel, and that's that's just going to be it. You know, I'd like to explore, but I'm not here to explore. I'm here to you know analyze and and remember this stuff, and you know critique and give information later. So I, I you know, it, it's extensive. It's very, very, very big, and yes. if that's only supposed to be for the first five to six levels, it was like we experienced with the uh, Nords. It was that small little Skyrim island, and it went boom. Here's Morrowind. Yeah, oh that's exactly God. what it was happening because they told me I could go to oh, what was that major city? It was another major city that I remember in, in the the lore. Was it in Morrowind you're talking about? We were doing the uh, Evanhart. Yeah. So I was a red guard. It was one of the major cities that you could actually. They told us we could run there for one. I was going to, but I didn't have time. But you had wait, to no. everything. Wait, you were you, you were. Uh all right, never mind. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, yeah. we do got another question that really caught my eye. And um, anything like vanity costume slots or slots? <laughs> oh, my Dang. God. Me and Lou had fun with this one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it isn't a vanity slot per se. But it, it is in a way. It is in a way. It is actually was a quest item. That we had for a quest, mm-hmm. we were yep. we were infiltrating a pirate community, mm-hmm. and apparently you're not allowed to infiltrate a pirate community without showing ample amounts of chest hair. Exactly. So, <laughs> so <laughs> yes, we we definitely um, we we broke open these barrels, and within the barrels were costume items. And you could equip the costume item, and your character changed into that costume. And we were going around, and they were all, like, happy and nice with us. This was actually something we had a problem with on the last episode, talking about how they went from red-named hostiles to yellow-named neutral enemies. Yeah. But there were red-named hostile guards with torches. Or dogs. Or or the dogs around the area. That could tell that we were bad people. 
well, we weren't bad people. They were bad people. We were bad people to them. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> they could see through the, the disguise. And if you caught, if you were caught by one of the dogs or one of the guards, and they attacked you, they destroyed your costume. Yeah, and usually this happens like right in the middle of the town where everyone is. And yep. everyone sees you for who you are, so you get served by, like, you know, six pirates. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got more questions, guys. Keep this going here. Yeah. Uh, how We got a question from um, Monglu. He said, how long are the quests? Oh, man, you know, that varies. Yeah. Uh, you know, we got a quest uh, we ran <clears> in. Um, you know, the, qu- the quest Dave was talking about took me probably about ten minutes. And then there was a, there was a quest I got uh, to go into a Dwemer ruin, and I'd say it took me around 45. Well... The quests those originate from, mm-hmm. she asks you to to either just do her quest or find any of three people for backup. And those three people are the people who give you those quests. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I, I You just found the people. I just walked away from her. I didn't even find the people. I didn't even find the people. I just ran out of the town. Yeah, and and I, I found eventually this this area. There was this guy, and he was like, "Oh, you know these these little like you know stone thingies are inside this uh, Dwemer room. They need for research. You mind running in there?" I'm like, "Yeah, right, I'll do. I'll get your stone stuff." <laughs> <laughs> the quest varied a lot, like you guys said. I yeah, mean, right. I, the the smallest quest I had was three parts. And that was to kill that stupid snake. Right, Dave and I ran into. Uh not a long one, but a, a decent-sized one where we had to actually go inside a Dwemer ruin and find some poor magician fool's uh, equipment. Yeah, that's His and his books, over his books. And along the way to answer other questions in the chat room, yes, you can interact with objects just like in any other... The snake by the... the by the water. water. By the water, yes. You went there for a magician's tools? No, no, they actually led me into that because... Yeah. He was in the area off to oh, the okay. side. You had a, he was in a little alcove area. That that really wimpy orc that yes. Yes. If you're off, so. he's off that area, and you know along the way, you know I actually had that same thought. Can I pick up other stuff in the in the world like any of the Elder Scrolls game? Yes, you can. You highlight your cursor over an object, and you stole my bottles. Yes, you will actually see the e key. Pick a bottle. Pick up. He picked up my book. bottles. I'm pissed about it. You know, har- you know. Can you? You want to harvest a flower? Harvest this? Yes. So you can interact with objects in that manner. It, it is there. And yes, I found quite a few books as well. Oh yeah. And it's just like we've seen before in every other Elder Scrolls game. You hit the book. What happens? You get a nice little animation. The book pops up, opens up, and there it is in the script or where, however it's written. Yep. Okay, depending who wrote the book, by the way. Okay, so I was going to remember, you know, some people, some cultures write differently. So, there you go. But yes, it's all you legible. Could, you could left-click and right-click to move through the book, too. Exactly, yeah. just like in the other games we've seen in the past. Another question is from Shank, and other people repeated, is how well do the animations flow? I think one of the key things to remember here, guys, is right. this mm-hmm. is early beta. Right. Yeah. So that's not going to be home to perfection. However, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was damn pretty. It was. Yes. it was damn pretty. And you know, I heard the ceilings were very nice looking. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't really animated. No, yeah. no. But you know, honestly, I never once felt that a a character model, even this early in, in beta, I never once felt that a character model was either out of place or out of sync with their environment. It really felt like that. 
the interactions were proper. Didn't you notice some guy just like whip out a fishing pole at some point? Oh my god, that was awesome! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Dude, I'm okay. I was infiltrating the camp, the the pirate camp, and I was just you know I was killing them. It was hilarious. So I was going up to the next one, and I I noticed he's not pacing. He's not guarding. Dude has a freaking fishing pole. Standing out there with a fishing pole. I'm like, this guy ain't a bad guy. He's just fishing. <laughs> yeah, I pulled him in with my fiery mate, my fiery chain and killed him. Kill him. Yeah. Fish this, buddy. <laughs> I was fishing. And all of his fish. <laughs> That's horrific. You killed the guy fishing? He was just trying to get dinner. I was fishing for him. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's really the mighty shape holes a little bit more. There's always yeah. a bigger fish. Always yeah. a bigger fish. <laughs> Until some giant, a dark anchor pops down behind me, and a danger comes out and anchors me. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what did you get? Did you guys get to see any of the kill camps? No. No, I turned it on and didn't even see one of them. I got four. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing, too. Kill cams are toggle a bull, if that's a word. Yeah, you could turn, you don't yeah. have to have them on. In fact, you can turn off. It differentiates melee yes. and ranged. ranged. So you, if you don't want to have a lawn when you're ranged, you don't have to have They're not finished yet either right now. They're janky. But anyway, I can't wait to see those. Mistress actually had a good question. Wow, really? Yeah, Liz had a good question. He said, "Where were I playing a game with, say, Dave, and he gets the loot I want, can he just hand it over to me? And would he? I actually saw the option to trade. So I didn't see anywhere where it said it wasn't, um, wouldn't allow me to hand off a weapon to another person, at least for what I was given during my gameplay. I don't see anything stopping me. Uh, And the second part of that question, no, it's mine. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody, like we said earlier, any loot that you get off a monster is not shared loot, it's individual based. Yes, but that doesn't stop you from, from giving it to anybody else. Oh, that's one thing we didn't find out, actually, Brekic, and that's uh, variety in ranged weapons or just standard bows. Well, yeah, actually, you have the staffs, which are phenomenal ranged weapons. I played with one on my Dragon Knight. I can't wait to talk about it on Thursday. Oh, yeah. That was a... Uh, it was actually called... It was under the skill... It was under the class tree of a destruction staff. Yes. 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 They're, they actually have different styles. Mine was the fire version. We, we started with the fire one. Right. That's what we started with, a weak one. And then both of us individually found Frost ones. And they were amazing. Dude, we... Oh, my God. That Frost one, the first time I used it, it took off half of the health of this right. wolf I was aiming at. I was just... <laughs> you all heard me giggling. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering what that was about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anything else? Well, the important thing is, when, I, when Dave and I are playing with the, uh, the save weapons... Remember, we we actually we have a weapon in our hands, but we still have our five abilities that we can fire off. So picture this, okay? You, you're attacking with your staff weapon, and you can still fire off your five other abilities at the same time or in conjunction with that. So you guys notice that you had the same abilities with the, the staffs as you did with like a melee weapon, like you hold down the left mouse button, you do a power attack. Yes, uh, yeah, massive fireball. I remember. I'm sorry. I remember oh. Nick talking to me and you during the October event saying that the stabs are like machine guns. Mm-hmm. Yes. I tried I it out. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, that is possible. Uh, when I first started today, um, I had one of the designers there, uh, Maria Alfonso, explain that to me, saying, look, if the longer you hold down the left, the left button, 
you're going to see yourself charge up, and your attack is going to be that much more powerful. Or, she's like, or, you know, just light little taps, and yeah, you're going to get the machine gun effect. Not as powerful, but you're firing off rapid attacks with that staff weapon. So I'm firing off frost bolts, little frost bolts, like one every second, just chipping away my target's health. Hey, Marlon, mm-hmm. you had to mention the fact that something else that Nick showed us about the staffs. Right. And that's when you level them up, the perks that you can get for them were very similar. Yes. What we saw in Skyrim. In Skyrim, yes, yeah. exactly. Fire staffs. The destruction staff that you had not only did um, you know its fire damage, but it also uh, had like a knockback effect, right? It was the ability to do an instant it's a type of impact. You didn't stun them, but it knocked them back. Yeah, it was very similar to the impact perk. Yeah. Um, another question is, how many classes will be at launch besides the ones that we had at PAX? There's only going to be four. Right. There's only just going to be the four. It's going to be the, the Templar, the Dragon Knight, the Sorcerer, and Nightblade. Which wasn't yeah. available for us at right, this right. demo. I would have liked to have, have played oh, the Nightblade. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was another one I saw, and it just it got away from me. What region did the demo take place? Yeah, we were that Daggerfall. Okay. Daggerfall. Yeah. Oh, I'm normally ahead of this, and now I got lost. <laughs> <laughs> so many questions coming in. Yeah. Yeah. It's great to see uh, all the the excitement in the chat. We did have a lot of questions about yeah. about loadouts. We didn't really see anything on that because it was we were just early newbies. Yeah, we didn't. Right. So we yeah. don't really know on that just yet. Um, Two hours playing the game. Probably about 45 minutes actually playing the game after character creation. Right, right. <laughs> and, <laughs> but, you know, what we heard, yeah. But, yeah, right. Loadouts will be available, though. You are going to have that, that ability to change out. Um, Let's yeah. talk a little yeah. bit about character creation. I mean, Joe... Uh, Can we get to one question really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. this one actually intrigues me because I have an actual answer for this one. <clears throat> Gruff, uh, Gruffalo... Did you find yourself having to abandon quests because you over outleveled them, or did any, or did they sync pretty well with the leveling process? I was level five doing level two quests that were still challenging. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I would I would have to second that absolutely. I was I got myself up to level four, and I was still working on. I had been gathering quests, and I realized that there were some quests I just haven't gotten to yet. Which I, you know, at like level one and two, and, and absolutely, yeah, I, I had the same experience. They were still extremely challenging. All right, so y'all are weird because I didn't have that issue. Let's get into <laughs> it. with the uh, interviews and everything like that. We're gonna we're already approaching an hour forty five minute show here. Yeah. So let's go ahead and talk about the character customization, and then we'll wrap up this show tonight. Sure. If you guys want to send us in questions, please feel free to do so at ellisworldoffrecord at gmail dot com, uh, even our Twitter. We'll accept that. And that's at Ellis Rolls OTR. So, guys, talk about it. I, I jump right to the game. Okay. All right. Uh, so, basically, what I did was I, I, I basically tried to make my favorite type of, of character, which is, you know, very uh, heroic-looking, strong male with, uh, you know, uh, all, the, all the kinds of features that... that, that Everything like. he would like in a man. Exactly. Um, that I require in a husband. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't feel held back at all. And, and in fact, there was a lot of things that I just sort of skipped over because I thought to myself, like, this is a little ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I'm, if I'm looking to, to customize, like, there's like three, two or three sliders just on how to customize the nose. Yes. Yeah, I skipped over almost yeah. everything on the face. I, I mean, my, my dude's nose was fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
It looked okay. I mean, it wasn't, you know, like, it was okay. I had no problem with it. I hit, I hit randomize. So, yeah, that looks decent. Changes hair when in game. Yeah. I'm one of the combats. Right. <laughs> Even the face paint. You can have face yeah, paint. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I have, like, big blotch over my eyes and, you know, marks. Oh, it's awesome. Dave was constantly, jump, jump, look. Look at that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you, I mean, you can, you can give your... You can have your character's hips wider or, or skinnier. You can give them a beer gut or not. There was a Madoka slider! Yes. Yes, there is. So, Shank, have no fear. Um, to answer your question, Shank, yes. How deep is it? Alright, it is. It's extensive. Okay. And what I mean by extensive, if anyone's ever familiar with playing Age of Conan, alright, not the. Alright, let's ignore the fact that that game is questionable, okay? One of its great points is that its character creation system is unreal. Okay? As everyone's mentioned before, Dave and Joe were mentioned before, okay, you have that fine detail customization. You can give yourself a bald magician with scars on his face, with a beer gut, you know, T Rex T Rex arms you and can hands. Change the size of his hands. Alright, yeah, you can yeah, give, yeah, a, yeah, give yes. him a big butt. Oh yeah, you know, like size of his legs, feet, okay? You have all of that. Okay, you have that available to you. Some people would call it overkill, but again, you have that 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 depth of freedom. Right, but that's what it needs to be. Yes. It needs to be overkill. You know, I mean, this isn't some this isn't some isometric dungeon crawler right. that that you know. This is an Elder Scrolls game. If it's not overkill, it's not right. There was a slider for how far it is on his shoulders, how far it is on his chest, how far it is on his ribs, how far it is on his hips, how far it is on his waist. There was there wasn't a body slider. There were right. a list of yeah. body sliders. The right. uh the, the Swotor uh bodies one, two, three, and four. four. Right. Uh, one of the questions I want to answer is Can you give your character first and last name You are required to Yes Because it's a single server A single name would not work Nope So you have to give your character a first and last name Yeah So if you want to be uh, you know, John Go ahead and be John But make sure your last name is definitely not Smith It's going to be taken Yeah, it's going to be taken We got uh, any other questions from the chat room? Uh, no, I think that's going to we're going to call it there right now. Um, we still have a lot more to talk about, guys. Oh, yeah, so we've got the community that event that Lou and I were at. Our, just, yeah. our, just our experience in itself at PAX. Yeah, we should actually do more of that tonight. But Yeah, well, you know. We'll, uh, we'll definitely get a lot more of this on Thursday. <laughs> mm-hmm. We'll bring Shank in the conversation so we can, you know, mock him with it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but Shank, for you... Yeah. Come on now. There you go. Yep, we've yeah, got our uh, old married Dominion t-shirts on. My Ouroboros shirt, dude. Dave's got his Ouroboros free t- t- uh, t-shirt on. Oh, yeah, nothing better than a free t-shirt. Yeah, the the uh, Bethesda store that was over there was just chock full of goodies. Oh, man, did I love it. So, guys, if you want to find out more information, go to questgamingnetwork.com <laughs> is our main portal site. AliceWithOffTheRecord.com is this show's website. We have a ton of new breaking news all the time. Our writers are fantastic. Got to check it out. Um, Tuesday. Tuesday. Um, yeah? Yeah, Tuesday. We're, uh, this show will be out uh, by Tuesday is, is kind of our deadline, as well as 
Uh, detailed information by our, our uh, unbelievable new staff will be out as well. We wanted to initially, over the weekend, release headlines to you guys um, with detailed stories and then a follow-up. But the, the weekend just didn't progress that way. There was really no news that came out. It was just like, you know, come here, play our games, and get the hell out. <laughs> you know, guys, we heard Paul say in an interview say this. I yes. want to just re-clarify this. I want, I want the squeals. Okay. Jeremy Sol. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to let that cat out. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's involved with soundtrack. Yes. That's yes. been a big question we've had for a long time. Right. We got an answer for you guys. We got confirmation that, that Jeremy Soul is doing the soundtrack for Elvis Roll. Yeah. Yeah. Alright guys, uh, if you have any more questions or you want to talk to the host, please give us an email at elseworldsofftherecord at gmail.com We love all your emails Ask away Twitter elseworldsotr yep. Individually, I am at the widget W-I-G-I-T, Evarwin is at Evarwin E-V-A-R-W-Y-N It's been a long time Almost a whole week Who is that? GamerGuy 11B Dave, is Unison, that? unison. Come on, guys. It's live. Let's make it work. D-N-Force. D-I-E-N-Force. D-I-E-N-Force. <laughs> <laughs> and shake that shake to tank. Um, <laughs> Aww. Aww. <laughs> shake TH Tank, guys. Even though he couldn't, unfortunately, join us this year for PAX East, we are dragging him on along for next year's PAX East. Um... Other than that, that's it, guys. That's a wrap for tonight. Stay tuned for Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. We're going to record episode 62, which is going to get into more greater detail of our playing and more detail about our experience at PAX East, in particular, Lou and Yvarwin, especially with the beer garden and that event. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was told. It was crazy. Jessica and, well, mostly Gina was mocking me all day for the fact that you guys had to go and I did. And you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it was hysterical. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was great, lover. <laughs> <laughs> that girl. Anyway, Quest Quest Game Network. Um, Elves World Off the Record is a Quest Gaming Network production in association with Middle Network. I just want to say, I'll foos for all you all in like three days. Three days. Take care, everyone. Be safe. May the foos be with you. Good night, everyone. Glad you're all here. Hope you enjoyed it. See you all in a few days. <laughs> Later, y'all. Foos Rota and Shadow Hide You. Shadow Hide Thank You. you. <laughs> la, da, 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 da. It's late. <laughs>